0: Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm curious. I'm Charnel and I'm Amber. And today we are finishing up the case of the world's most evil mother. Which, if you didn't catch Sunday's episode, go back and catch that because you'll really want to hear the backstory of how this woman became dubbed America's most evil. She really is. She she is hands um, down. And we are talking about the case of Shelley Kotek. And just a brief backstory really quickly. This story is told by her three daughters who lived, grew up with her significant abuse. She It is a true crime case. She does end up partaking in several murders. And in part one, we left you after her best friend and hairdresser, Kathy Loreno, had been over a period of five years living with the Kotex and was abused, physically abused, mentally abused, malnourished, neglected, and tortured to death. And that did take about five years that she lived with them for all that to happen. Uh, During that time, she was giving Kathy prescription pills that were not for her Shelley was a was not addicted to drugs or alcohol at all but she had a way of being able to back then this is 19 Kathy died in 1994 so this is the early 90s and pharmacies didn't have the parameters in place that they yeah. have today to stop that sort of thing so Kathy got her excuse me Shelly got her hands on all kinds of pharmaceuticals that she used you against Kathy
1: I, I hate to say this but after hearing all of the horrible things that Kathy went through, I can only hope that in some way those prescriptions um, made it a little bit more bearable for her. Yeah, maybe dulled I, the pain of the yeah. physical
0: abuse and the emotional abuse. I hadn't thought of that perspective. I appreciate that because I had not until just
1: now. But I'm hoping that sh- if she was in some kind of medically induced coma, that she um, just didn't suffer yeah. as well, much and as if she was
0: out of her state of mind. I think there at the e- at the very end, technically. The cause of death is that Kathy affixated on her own vomit, but that was due to the fact that she was so weak that she yeah. could not sit up on her own, let alone roll over. She couldn't roll over. She literally was just laying there. Uh, her teeth had rotted out. All of her hair had fallen out. That's how malnourished she was. Like we said, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to episode 30, and it will uh, catch you up. I took a very big deep dive into this case and bringing you about five hours worth of content from it yes so, you deeply went into this I felt like it, the whole story needed to be told in depth because Shelly will be on the streets again someday as you're going to hear in this part of what happens and her daughters wanted the book written by it's called if you tell by Greg Olson and it's a wonderful book. It's 400 and some pages. You need to go read it. I they want to be there picketing. They, I know that day. Her she cannot mm-hmm. get out. They they wanted the world to know her daughters did what she is capable of because she'll only be 68 on the day that she's able I to hit the street again. She's going to be one again. of those
1: that lives until she's like 99, There's 112, 100, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. 127. Right, right. Still going strong. You know. Yep. With Grandma Anna's jeans, yeah, that's right. Those oh strong God.
0: jeans. Grandma Anna got the, and her shot got put got the Strong shoulders. jeans. Damn, that is so true. Uh. All right, so what we last left you with, Kathy dying, and Dave Shelley's. Dickless Spineless husband. husband yeah, you're so much nicer than yeah. I am. <laughs> always, I, I'm he's like, missing a lot of things. You're like the good cop. I'm the bad cop on this show all the time. You're always it so works. nice and PC, and I am the total opposite, batshit crazy. Well, you one know over some here.
1: of my comments. I'm like, edit this.
0: That is true. <laughs> I do have to edit it when she says the f word. She doesn't want the world to hear it, and that's okay. Remember, Dave works five hours away. It's a five hour one way trip. He works literally on a different island. Yes. He's this
1: tried is, to get as far away as possible from has, his family.
0: Yes. We are in Washington State and he is is on his own island, has to take a ferry and everything to get home. And he gets home, discovers that Kathy is making a horrific sound. Kath uh Shelly leaves to go pick up one of the girls from work. And she passes away on her own vomit, uh, as they, as Dave and Shane, the nephew that's living with them, just basically sits there and watches.
1: Don't you feel like with the animal sounds, like at that point she was, like before she does choke, like she was, like yeah, she was gone.
0: Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term the death rattle, but it is a a sound that the human body makes just before, um, pending. Death. So oh, okay. I wondered if perhaps that's, that's what, what it was. It was um, more so than than the actual vomit because you can only gurgle your own vomit for so long. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I I had wondered if that really was what was going on before she had. Vomit. And Shelly's like, she's getting better. Yeah. Shelley tried to tell Dave, oh nope, that's just Kathy resting. She's she's getting better. She leaves. Dave goes, figures out she's not breathing and she is actually gone. Calls Shane for help. When Shelly gets back home, Dave's like, hey, she's dead. Shelley acts like she has no idea how Kathy could have possibly passed away because she was in such stellar health and all. Yeah. And they're trying to hide it from the girls. So right now we're going to pick up where Shelly took the girls, this is Tori, Nikki, and Sammy, to a hotel room. Shelley is an extremely abusive mother, and doing nice things like this is extremely out of the ordinary. So right away the girls know something's up. And later Shane and Dave join them at the hotel so i'm going to tell you why it was later what had happened was dave convinced himself that kathy's cause of death was an accident of course he did natural causes natural causes she's 35
1: this guy i can't even with this guy i know
0: it was no one's fault and there was no point in getting the police involved so he made Shane help him construct a fire pit in the backyard made out of tin and steel to keep the heat in. So basically, he fashioned his own incinerator. Oh, my God. Yep, and made this 19-year-old this boy help. Again, with Shane, I just, uh, my heart mm-hmm. for him. Dave and Shane carried Kathy's body to the fire, set her down, and then piled more wood on top of her body. Dave put old tires and diesel fuel on the fire as well to ensure a long and hot burn and he was hoping that the smell of rubber would cover up the smell of burning flesh. The next morning, after the fire was out and the ashes were cooled, Dave took Kathy's ashes to the ocean where the tide would do the rest. Shelly had made sure that every single one of Kathy's small remaining belongings were also burned and discarded as well. Because at that time, remember what I had said, all her belongings now fit into a brown paper bag. Yeah, yeah. So all that was burned, so there is no no trace trace. of her. Nikki would later say, upon returning home from the hotel, the smell of burning rubber, diesel oil, and something else really hung thick in the air. Oh, wow. So, it was still lingering around. It was. That's not a... I have, thank God, never had the displeasure of having to experience I I thought
1: for a second you were going to say that you had. <laughs> I oh, was like,
0: God, <gasps> there's so much I don't <gasps> know about you. Sure, no. <laughs> no, no. Let me get more wine. Like, I can't imagine. So... Uh, but I do like, know. Yeah, I, I mean, even uh, just from listening to other podcasts from people who have, uh, it, it it it's remarkable. It's there's no mistaking it for anything else. That's but the what smell I, of of, yeah, of burning from body. From what I've
1: heard, it is a undescribable, very distinct, yep. horrific smell
0: that I hope I never have to experience. Yeah, absolutely. And Shane had told Nikki what they had done because you know, They're no close. surprise, yeah. Shane and Nikki are very tight you know, cousins here. Nikki did not initially go back to the fire pit, but she could see all the old tires that had been behind an outbuilding were now gone, confirming what Shane had told her. So now Shelly's warning the family that every single one of them will go to jail if people found out what, quote, they had done to Kathy. I love how she's oh. putting it off on all of them. Yeah. It is entirely her that did this to Kathy. This freaking woman. Oh, uh, I think I said this in part one. I'm usually really good at making up like ridiculous names for, for people, like Dickless Dave. Okay. But Shelly is such a horrendous, evil woman that there is no other word to call her besides no. literally she is Satan walking on earth.
1: She really is. There's nothing that would do justice to how horrible no. she is. She's no just names. plain
0: evil. So, at first, she told the the family that Kathy had committed suicide. Yeah, okay. Couldn't lift her own head up, yeah. but she committed suicide. Way to go, Shelly. You're fucking brilliant. Eventually, she just changed her story to what she had been telling Kathy's family. She ran away with Rocky. That's what she tells all the girls, all the kids to say. Even and though he,
1: Rocky, Rocky hasn't been around Rocky in Rocky does the last, not. Agree. No, right, <laughs> right.
0: Rocky was like a... a Passed through up boyfriend. a boyfriend years and years ago oh. in, Ca- in sh- Kathy's life. Gotcha. But as Kathy was deteriorating and her family was still trying to contact her, Shelly had told them she ran away with Rocky. This is what she's been telling the family for a long time. But now she's telling her family. We stick to the story. Kathy ran away with Rocky. Because at first she was like, we we're going to tell everybody she committed suicide. Mm-hmm. buh No. Dave went back to work on the island because... Dave is that's super what good Dave at avoiding, does. avoidance yep. behavior, and Shelley handed the kids a Home Depot bucket and said, your dad burned some insulation behind the house. Go find the pieces. They knew exactly what they were looking for. Ew. They were looking for bone fragments and it made them sick. They put the remaining small bone particles of Kathy in a Home Depot bucket. Shane had to look through the burn pile a second and third time in the following days before Shelley was satisfied. Later, a garden was planted in that spot. I can't. I, I I know. She had her children go through the burn pile and pick out fragments. They also said that they found jewelry some of her jewelry and whatnot, including the necklace that she had given Sammy for that birthday. Oh and it was like melted and stuff. They had to pick that out and put it in the bucket too. That is disgusting. And this is where she has Nikki sit at the table and practice writing on a postcard to Kathy's family. Shelley never touched the postcard. Then she made Dave go to Canada to mail the letters, as if they were acting like they came from Canada. Then she changes her mind, and using a mailbox key that Kathy had, she made Dave do a stakeout at the post office and steal them back. The same letters that she had made Nikki write and Dave drive to Canada to mail. Oh, my God. He then had to steal them back. He is so spineless. It's real bad. Dave... Someone
1: is, needs to, like,
0: wipe his vagina. <laughs> get him. That is probably the, the funniest thing here. you've ever said.
1: I'm sorry. May, I don't know who I get more upset with. This guy that's just like, doo, 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 okay,
0: right.
1: do okay. i Or the evil
0: Satan's mistress that's roaming the earth. Yes. I, I, I know. They're I both. just can't. He is so just bad. as bad. Just as and, bad. And I'll, I mean, I would... I'd like to say that he's a battered man but there's not a whole lot of information to say that Shelley physically abused Dave. I think it was all mental, mental. and emotional. Not to say he didn't hit her. I'm sure that that um excuse me. Let me backtrack. I meant to say not to say that she wasn't f- you know physically violent with him occasionally, but not to the point that she was with the kids certainly. Yeah, yeah. And I she- do have some slight empathy for the fact that he is most definitely a victim of abuse himself but there comes a point in time I mean he is a grown ass adult and he keeps leaving like you're leaving and you're leaving these kids and you keep making excuses for this woman yeah and he but was But it's there easy for, for you everything. to say you're not living it you're away on your island 5 days out of the week and then you just come home and do her bidding yes you can you know and and I guess for me the points, like, when he's holding the hose during the wallowings yeah. and all of that. there's He took part in the abuse as well and never put his foot down and said, no, I'm not going to do it. And
1: the kids dancing, like, she'd have them dance. Naked like he was together. Like, just there. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there for all of that really
0: bad stuff. He was. He
1: was. And then he could still leave and just leave the kids with her. Right. There's a lot here where he's, I'm just, I don't have empathy for him.
0: Yeah, he's so. For a lot of what he did. Um a spineless is the only word I can mm-hmm. think of that. No, you're absolutely right. That is what it, he's so passive. Yes. So spineless. And I feel like. And, and honestly, he's a perpetrator. Like you, you're in your right you mind. Did man, it. Right? You You
1: still did what she said. Yep. And I, I also think that if she would have chosen to do the same things to him that she did to Kathy, he probably would have just let it happen. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's possible the, the he capacities there. Yeah,
0: I, I think so. You know, it's interesting that her other two spouses that she had before Dave, they weren't going to put up with her shit.
1: They got out of there.
0: Yeah, they did, and so and, and she they fought so bad because they weren't putting up with her shit. Mm-hmm. Dave had the capacity and the ability to take those kids and leave, and he didn't. Yeah, so sorry, and I know that's probably more of my CPS brain of failure to protect. But that's what it is. That's what you it is. failed to protect your children, and then this vulnerable woman that was living in your house. And then,
1: I mean, he even has his own biological daughter involved in this now. Yep, Tori is still, his biological daughter. Still going child. to the
0: island. Yep, yep. So you know what I say? Fuck off, Dave. Screw you, Dave. Yes. As you may think, with her making him go and steal those letters back, Shelley becomes more and more paranoid. She keeps telling Shane, if anyone tells, we are going to pin it on you. Like, yep, Shane murdered her. She would quiz the kids constantly. That, this is really fucked up. She was convinced that the neighbors might have heard something or saw something. So she made Nikki and Shane spend the entire summer in the neighbor's crawl space, eavesdropping on them. Oh, my God. And, of course, the kids admit later, or Nikki admits later, that, yeah, we weren't listening to half of what the family was saying. We were sitting there talking shit about my mom. It was an escape, probably. They didn't yeah, have to be under they were her just, thumb. They were just in that crawl space all summer together listening to what they said to see if anybody was talking about what they saw over there. Then Shelly is convincing every time Dave is home, she is hounding Dave about Shane. Shane is going to tell. He's going to bring us all down. Shane is a problem. Because Shane was forced to help carry her body to the fire pit. Uh-huh put things on it he saw it all the girls were at the hotel so they only know bits and pieces that they were eyewitness to Shane is a liability to Shelly so he is or excuse me so she is just hounding Dave every time he's home and every time he calls during the week I think Shane is going to tell Shane is up to something just over and over and over again At one point, she decides she wants to test the waters with Kathy's family and see if they would be interested, if they're still snooping around for her or not. So she calls Kay, her mom, and says, Kathy wants to see you and invited her to her house to see Kathy. She's like, hey, Kathy's in town with Rocky. They want to see you. Now remember, all these years Shelly has spent... Making it seem to Kathy's family like Kathy wants nothing to do with them and doesn't and, and yeah. doesn't want them. Okay, she she did that behind Kathy's back. If I didn't make that clear in part one, that's what she's been doing. She's writing letters. She's not letting them talk on the phone. Saying, "Oh, she doesn't want to talk to you." You know, mm. I'm so sorry, Kay. All and and her sister's name is Kelly, so Kay Kelly, K and Kelly. You know, I'm so sorry. At this point in time, Kay's kind of like washed her hands of her daughter, who she feels has neglected to have a relationship with her on purpose for the last five years. Yeah. So Kay was like, nope, I'm not going to come over and visit. Now Shelly has her answer. She's like, oh, good. They're not looking. Kathy's family is not going to be a problem. Now all she has to worry about is Shane and the neighbors. She started making the kids do things to the neighbors to try to run them out of town, she had them steal their food, put pepper spray on the door handle oh my of gosh. their home and their outbuildings. Pepper spray. Who thinks of that? I'll tell you who thinks of that. Fucking Satan. Yeah. It's the only person that thinks of such horrific things to people. Why would you want to draw more attention to your family that's, you know... Well, she's assuming that people aren't going to think that it was them. Remember, appearances were everything. They're yeah. like one big happy family. No one know Aside from the town dubbing her crazy Crazy. Shelly because she calls people in the middle of the night and says crazy stuff. So did the neighbors know that it was them doing it or was it just these like discreet acts that they're
1: trying to? It was never mentioned
0: that I could find that the neighbors, and and I found no information that they'd moved either. It was just her trying to, with her paranoia, get them to move. At this point for the kids, the wallowing is still happening, but it's not as frequently Uh, But with Kathy gone, the two oldest, Nikki and Shane, were now the main targets of her abuse. Sammy was in another world. She was popular. She wore nice clothes. I don't want to just completely say that Sammy wasn't mistreated at this point in time because she was still. She was still locked out of the house when she came home too late. She was still punished for Mm -hmm. things, but it just wasn't to the extent of Nikki and Shane. The midnight hunt for shoes, hairbrushes, and other made up lost things were still happening, along with the physical abuse when she felt it was warranted. And so I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when whenever Dave came home and Kathy or er, and Shelly is just at him over Kathy, Dave kept insisting that Shane is blood and he's not going to tell. He's not gonna do that. Shelly started pulling some of her bullshit to try to get Dave to believe that Shane was trouble. One weekend when he was home, she brought Dave what looked to be a bloody pair of Tori's panties. Now, Tori is the baby of the family. <sighs> yep. And she found them, she's about five at this time, and claimed that she found them in the shed and that Shane had sexually assaulted Tori. The oh,
1: sick mofo.
0: Now, Dave did not believe Shelly. Oh, for once? No one in the house did. He knew it was just her bullshit. The next morning, Shane was bloodied, bruised, and swollen, and he vowed to Nikki that he was making a break for it. He wanted Nikki to come with him, and she was torn. She wanted to, but yet she felt that she couldn't, even though she's about 19 at this point in time.
1: So did Dave have to beat him, or did, did Shelly? It did like-
0: say, I am going to just go out on a limb, and if past behavior predicts future behavior... I think it's safe to say that Shelley made yeah. Dave partake in abusing Shane over the bloodied underwear that were her yeah. entire doing from February. And all I can picture, by the way, is her rubbing her daughter's underwear on her own vagina to get blood on them or oh. something. How did she get? Right. How'd she get the blood? blood.
1: She probably had a vial straight from Satan's <laughs> asshole. I don't know.
0: <laughs> she did. I think you're right. <laughs> And and poor Dave just couldn't so recognize bad. Satan's anus book. Yeah, she's he's too so, stupid to see
1: it's yeah. from Satan's anal cavity.
0: Exactly.
1: Oh, I'm, this woman like makes me furious. I know.
0: I know. Furious. But <sighs> the sick oh. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if she'd actually sexually abused Tori herself just to make it even more realistic. God, I didn't but, even think about that. But there was no information of that either. But it just wouldn't surprise me at this at this point in time. No. I mean, she could lop off someone's head and ride through town on a horse naked with it, and I wouldn't think it was unusual. I I just picture her sitting on the couch,
1: watching days. Eating those oh Henrys, -Henry's and like,
0: "Mm, what can I think of today? Yeah. Anyway, now we're going to, uh, Kathy died in the summer of 94. Now we are at February 1995. Shelly and Dave gather the girls in the living room because suddenly Shane was gone. Oh, God. Here we go. This is just a couple of weeks before Nikki's 20th birthday. So Dave's like, he'll turn up. He always does. Shelly's like, we're going to go look for him. Did you guys hear any noises last night? Anything? The girls are like, no, nothing. They got in the car and they looked for him. But it was not with the usual hunting gusto that Shelly had when she's, you know how Uh, she likes to hunt. It's like a half-assed. She loves to hunt people down.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like
0: that. Nope. Enthusiasm was, for the hunt. It it was not so. Yeah. So so they're not hunting for Shane with Shelley's usual like gusto. Remember on Jumanji when the Van Pelt is hunting Robin Williams yes, like that. That is that's, that's how she intensity. was. Mm-hmm. She's not so, doing that with Shane. Or the the
1: kids kind of like this is a little little suspicious because she's kind of like
0: oh oh Shane a little bit a little yeah a little bit but then they're just happy to be able to go to bed. Uh Shelly came into the kitchen the next morning with a birdhouse that had been made by Shane and told everyone that there was a note in it that said, I love you, Mom, but no one ever saw the note. Nikki immediately knew this was suspicious because Shane hated shithead Shelly. I was going to say,
1: Shane's not leaving a note like that. Nope.
0: And Nikki knew it. Nikki and him were very close, so she's like, there's no way he was leaving that note. Shelly packed the girls up and took them on an impromptu trip to Aberdeen to stay in a hotel and swim another
1: hotel trip huh? another
0: hotel trip about six months after their last one when they returned home after going to school for the day shelly told them that she had good news shane had called and he was okay he got a job working on a fishing boat in canada then told them she'd been receiving hang-up calls too and was pretty sure it was shane i wish she would choke on O henry can't, oh, Henry, can't you just do the world a favor? <laughs> do the job, please, Henry. Mm-hmm. Nikki felt uneasy about the entire thing, but hoped that Shane was doing well and was okay. Oh, so poor Nikki is kind of like grasping at uh, the possibility yep. that maybe he is still Perhaps. out there and he... Yes, yep. She <sighs> never asked why Shane would call and hang up, but she was like, that's weird. Why would he call Is and it hang Dave up? or
1: on the block, like at the store?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it really? Uh, no. Oh, I, I, no. I would not be surprised. The, the girls were never home for this stuff. Oh, the girls so Shelly's were... like,
1: oh, he called. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Yeah. The girl, this is 1995. You could get away with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So... Prank calls all day. <laughs> all the good old days. <laughs> I, I miss those days. <laughs> so, no, they um, they were all, yo, you just missed Shane. You just missed Shane. Gotcha. Okay. So they were never there and he yep. would mysteriously call. Yep. It'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. Well, now I'm sure it's no surprise that now that Kathy's gone and Shane's out of the house, Nikki became the main target of abuse once again. I am again. not surprised. She is 20 years old. She's being locked out of the house, sleeping in the pump house a majority of the time. Oh, she has to sleep in the pump house now? In the woods. Oh, my she God. She spends a good part of the time in the woods. Please tell
1: me that she's going to peace out here soon.
0: I'm getting to it. Okay. Well, I cannot take hang any more of kids. your, your <laughs> panties and bra straps because Sorry, was it's loud. coming. <laughs> This
1: case gets my anxiety just Just blew out of the listeners'
0: eardrums. It's fine. It's fine. She's worked up. Sorry, friends. I fed her some dry red wine tonight, and she's worked up. She is on fire. She was saying things like, Mom, please, I'll be good, I promise. Like, she's 20 years old and saying things like, I'll be good, just to try to get back into the house. And she recalled that when she was sleeping in the woods, she would, like, the lights from a car pulling in would wake her up, and it was Sammy coming home from being out with her friends. And she could also see, like, Tori's bedroom window and and see the light being on and off and stuff. She very much loved and adored her sisters. Uh So she is, like, on the outside. She is literally in the woods on the outside of the house watching her sisters live a different life than what she has. That is so sad. And she still to this day has no idea why she was called, like, why she was such a bitch, a loser, and garbage while her sisters weren't nearly as much those things Mm -hmm. you know I mean it's just she recalls that every once in a while there would be a day or two that her mom would bring her in fix her something hot to eat and say sweet things to her before turning on her again she always hoped that it would last but it didn't Nikki was often forced to do chores in her underwear even in the winter even in the winter everyone outside of the house Shelly came at her with a knife once. She ran into the woods and tripped, and Shelly had sliced her thigh with a knife. It needed stitches. She slept in the woods that night. She got to come into the house cold and dirty the next morning, but she'd been able, her herself, she'd been able to get the bleeding to stop, and her mom acted like nothing had happened. Wow. They, the girls did end up hiding coats and clothes outside in the outbuildings for times when they got locked out to help them stay warm. Sometimes Shelley would find them and, and get rid of them, and sometimes she wouldn't, and they would be able to stay a little bit warmer. There was a time where Nikki tried to take her own life with Baylor twine, Aww. and it didn't work. Because remember, they live on a farm, and they do have animals. And I will say this. There were times where people—this is going to hurt everyone's soul—people called the police on the neglect of the horses that they could see. But not once was CPS or the police ever called about neglect on the children.
1: Wow. So she treated the animals like crap, too. Yeah.
0: She didn't, abuse, like, physically abuse them. It's just I don't think that they were fed. I mean, they were poor. They struggled financially. Yeah, yeah. But she always had them. Um, she always had animals.
1: So nobody ever noticed anything with the kids or, nope. you know, nope. saw anything but the...
0: But the animals, they uh, did. And they called on the, you know, for the animals. Yeah. Sammy was actually the one to find Nikki both laughing and crying at the same time on a bale of hay because she had tried to take her own life and it didn't work because the baler twine broke, which if you aren't familiar, baler twine is is not real thick and hardy. Yeah, it's not strong. Yep. She's like, I can't even do this right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Sammy was forced outside at night for punishments, too. Like if she stayed out a little bit later and whatnot. And and at one point, she tried to eat berries thinking that they were poisonous. And instead, it just gave her terrible diarrhea and vomiting for two days. So she essentially was trying to take her life too. She was also miserable enough to want to take her own life as well. And she did comment that her mom didn't give a shit. that She had ate the berries. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now it's September 1996. It's now more than two years after Kathy's death. Shelley applies for a teaching aid position at the school because, and I quote, kids were her passion. Oh,
1: you stop it. I,
0: I know. I wish I could. Oh, my gosh. Not a school. A school. She even wrote in, like, her cover letter or resume that she had the necessary patience to work with children with special needs. I'm going to throw up. I know. I can't
1: do it. I can't.
0: I know. And may we all take a sip and deep yes. breaths over whatever's next to you just grab it just take, a, take sip, a sip because now this woman wants to work with this special she- needs and that's her passion so that's her passion pa- by passion do you mean a passion for abusing them because that's the only passionate thing i see about you shelly yeah shelly yeah. is your passion for abuse and torture you heinous heinous woman
1: yeah did she get the job
0: yeah Ugh. why gross It's She is H.R., you need fire. (laughs) Screen a little better. Yes, you do. So here's the thing. After Shane and Kathy were gone, Shelly didn't allow Nikki and Sammy to talk much. They had no more late talks in bed. I mean, because Nikki was outside most of the time, and Sammy remembers that. Sammy is like, listen, I didn't really see her very much because Nikki was outside like an animal. So now that she's got a job outside of the home and the kids are older— she decided that she needed to pay more attention to her appearance. Because thanks to the O Henry bars that had really went to her ass, mhm, she started stocking up on that Clairol skanky red. Okay. Yep. Okay. A little and, little dye job or Yep, yep, because you know, she murdered her hairstylist, so where she right. going to go get her so hair done?
1: Are we, what are we going to do now? Clairol
0: to the rescue. So she's got a fat ass and red hair <laughs> That's on. Right. Into all of our robust redheads, we love ya. But when you're a murdering, torturous human being- You get no mercy. You get no mercy. But yep, she's got a fat ass- <laughs> A horrible, red hair. Horrible dye job. No personality to speak of. I've seen some pictures of
1: her. Um, I had to look, of course, because mm-hmm. well, she we consumed my soul too. as well.
0: Right. For episode <laughs> one, we posted some. Yeah. Uh, younger, she was quite pretty. She was. But then those old Henrys, mm-hmm. boy, did they catch up yeah. on a girl- yeah, A little bit of karma right there with every calorie. Sometimes karma does come in calories, and I like it. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Let's see. She starts going out to the bar. You know, Stella getting her groove
1: back. Oh, so are we going uh, Q midlife crisis? We or? are. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If,
0: as if Dave's her whole still life in his tent, I'm assuming,
1: on the island? Oh, or? Dave
0: is still on his island living his best life in a tent. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. So he's Showering like- in a park recreation shower stall cool glamorous like, i'll like take it i'm not day. going home i'll take it a sign that you may be are in an unhealthy relationship when yeah. you're showering in a park ranger like, shower every morning dave's like you got any jobs on mars because yeah. i'm interested right. <laughs> how does that rover drive pretty good because i'll learn fast, sorry shelly
1: i gotta go to mars fast learner i got no choice right. i'm taking the job
0: Uh they need people with appropriate reproductive organs to go start life on Mars. True. Though. So they're not. He wouldn't qualify. Dave. Yeah. Sorry, you're already out. Cause I'm gonna say he doesn't even have a vagina. It's just like a those it's like things a Kendall ass like, like a Kendall with just nothing <laughs> He is shit, his name's Ken now. Dave the Kendall. I like it. It's so true. I don't know if that's gonna offend anybody, but it's still funny to me. <laughs> Listen, if you're easily offended, we're not for you. No, we are not. <laughs> we really do love people. But we're not for you. But that's you what know. I'm picturing, Dave, mm-hmm. with from now on, just a plastic, the like, mm-hmm. yeah, because we can't even say be offensive about vaginas because those things are badass. If yeah, you seen absolutely. what they can do? yeah, I, I own one. I know. Shame on me for even using that
1: <laughs> but. term before, but yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah. So he's a Kendall, love it. Now she's kicking up her heels, dancing to Shania Twain. Oh, and a man the, of mine, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for getting sure. it. I can see
1: her being a Shania fan. For Me some too. Reason. I
0: don't know why, but yeah, she really is. So, but anyway, yeah, she's going. She's going out. Getting she's getting herself there. some boyfriends. Okay, she did try to kind of hide this from the kids, but she would bring some guys home and tell the girls, "Make yourself scarce from oh. the house." Mm-hmm. Oh. With the exception of Tori, who's just little, little. Remember, she's so now she's stepping out on Dave. Yeah, she's got to fill her time with with, with something. something. Now you might be wondering. What the hell's going on with Grandma Laura? Like, why isn't she questioning where Shane is? Right? Well, Grandma Laura is like, yeah, hey, how's Shane? Shelly did her typical manipulation to Laura. You just missed him. He's out with friends. Then all of a sudden she called and says, Ugh, he ran away again. We're looking for him. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? Finally, sometime later, she's like, you know what? We got a letter from or we got a phone call from Shane. He's doing fantastic. But he's not coming back because he is in Alaska on a fishing boat. You know how he's been wanting to do that for a long time. Laura's like excuse me, uh what? He wanted to finish school. Shelley's like, nah, he changed his mind. Now he's a fisherman in Alaska. Wouldn't wouldn't you know him? Ah, beautiful state up there. Oh. Gorgeous view. Right love oh your scenery my God. but that's yep that's where So he's did at. Laura
1: start to raise a eyebrow at this point or not It does, I don't know. No. She lies so much mm-hmm. you don't even really know. Right. What, Ex- exactly. You know. Wait. So she's going out living her best life. Mm-hmm. What about the cancer? Did it go away or she still She still has cancer? Okay. Oh yeah. How insensitive of me.
0: She- God so, damn it. cancer's still Amber. there. Okay. Sorry. She still has. My, She's still my bad. suffering. She still a Obviously. Okay. Yes. With her Clairol hair and her new diet. She's just trying to get out there. And I love how her ass slowly kept getting bigger and bigger, but she was having cancer ke- going yeah, through treatment. chemo. Cool. Obviously, you don't know how that works. Clearly. So you might also be wondering, as you mentioned earlier, like, uh, Nikki's an adult and she's still living there? Yeah. Yes, and this is why. It's 1996, she graduated in 93, and she had enrolled in college. She wanted to go into criminal justice. She was actually always very fascinated with criminal stuff. Same girl. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) Right, right. She even got a freaking scholarship, but Shelly sabotaged it. (sighs) She took any clothes that she had for class took away her transportation, took away all of her money. She is a true, like, thief of joy. She she is, of the soul. The soul, That's why I'm saying
1: she's the devil. She really is. She steals souls. Yes. Any, like, happiness or or just, like. You can't have it. No, you cannot. I will take it from you. And you can't be successful. She's a jealous, heinous bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, you
0: can't. Like, you're not Mm
1: going to leave me and be happy. Yep. I am going to
0: steal your soul slowly. Right. She gave Nikki's bedroom to Tori and made her sleep, made leap on the living room floor if she wasn't in the pump house or in the woods. At this point in time, she's she actually says to her, We're cutting you off, Nikki. You don't deserve anything. And we mean it this time. No clothes, no money, no transportation. She only showered in the hose. Oh my gosh. She had to do yard work all day. She had to get up, go outside if she wasn't already there, and start working immediately. She Took away all isolation. Does that sound familiar? So isolation. Familiar. That's, That's what she why does. she was still there. When Dave was home, she would scream at Nikki that she was a lazy piece of shit and needed to get a job, but she knew that she wouldn't let her work outside of the home. So when Dave is there, she's like, this lazy piece of shit just won't go and do anything. But when but when you, but you Nikki, can't. yeah, but when Nikki's like, I wanted to go to college, I want to go out and do things. Oh no, 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 no! One weekend, she's screaming at her, "What a lazy piece of shit she is!" And Nikki had had enough, so she's like, "You know what?" She starts screaming back. Yes, she's, she's yes. screaming. Yes, <laughs> yes. I've been waiting for this. Like, I, yep. I just she snaps. She's like, "Listen, I have no clothes, I have no money, I have no car to get a job. I can't even shower. You want me to get a job when I can't even shower?" This was Shelly's response. You should have told me you needed a car. I had no idea.
1: Oh my god!
0: After snapping like that, she became more confident and a lot more of "I no longer give a fuck." Yes, girl, yeah. And she, yeah, and she started to fight back. She even like went to Sammy and was like, "I just told mom to fuck off, and I don't even give a shit." Woohoo! Right? I'm, like excited? Like over she? Him. Like, yes, she's <laughs> yes. She's like at this point of like, okay, she's either gonna kill me like this, but I can't live or, like this yeah, anymore. Right. So I'm going to die trying, I guess, you know, uh, at, at one point they start getting into shoving and screaming matches and Nikki was showing her strength. I like, listen, oh, Henry Bard. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll give you
1: an O. Henry. <laughs> yep. I can't Straight believe up. this didn't come before. Honestly. I know. She, she cannot, just, it, I, well, but yeah, she was terrifying she, though.
0: Ex- I mean, her whole childhood, she was, she was groomed to fear this woman. Right. And right. so it took more of the frontal lobe development for her to realize Holy shit, I don't have to take yeah. this. And I'm and and it was about the time that she was willing to take her own life too. So it's yeah, just it's like I got no, nothing to lose. Yes. So this is it. As they're doing these, these now these shoving matches and she's realizing, hmm, fuck yeah, I can take you, old woman, Shelly turns on her and says, Sammy doesn't want you here anymore. I'm sending you to Aunt Trisha's which Aunt Trisha's is her dad's sister. Okay. A uh, Dave, not her biological father. That would have been Dave's sister.
1: the most exciting news ever, I Oh, it think. was.
0: It's four hours away in British Columbia. Yeah. Yay. She gave her some clothes, $50, drove her to the Greyhound station and hold her told her to take the bus. She's like, in 10 days, I'll be back to get you. Now, Nikki was a little bit scared. She's 20 years old, has never been out on her own like this. She's been living
1: in the wilderness. Yeah,
0: and she's like, here's a Greyhound bus. You're going to ride it for four hours, and, you know, here's what you do. First of all, she's like, is $50 enough to get me where I need to freaking go? Mm -hmm. She didn't know how to navigate bus stops and whatnot, but she did it. The days turned into weeks and then months, and she did tell Aunt Trish that bad things happen at home, but she did not tell the extent of how bad they were. She helped Aunt Trish clean churches and houses. And on the weekends, she learned how to tie fishing nets. She loved it. No one was mean to her. She was a hard worker, and she got praised for it instead of battered for it. Yay. And Sammy, back home, was happy that her sister got out. Good. However, (laughs) Tori... didn't understand. She's so young. She's only six and she felt really abandoned. Tori had prayed to Jesus one night for her sister to come back. And since she was only six, she wrote a little note in her little six-year-old handwriting that said she thought Nikki left because mom was mean to her. Unfortunately, she left it on the windowsill. The next morning, she woke up to her mother slapping her saying, you think I'm mean to your sister? This was the first time that Tori recalls being hit in the face by her mom, and she was scared. Shelly continued to tell Tori that Nikki was no good and that she doesn't love any of them, and that's why she left. So now shit gets even worse. Shelly doesn't want Nikki with Aunt Trish anymore because she knows that she's liking it. Oh, well, of course. I mean, again, the thief of joy. Yep. So she insists to Trish that she has to come home, that she's needed at home. You know, she's got cancer, so she needs help. Gosh. But instead, she sends her to live on the campsite that is with Dave. Like where Dave is living. Like you're not gonna what? come home. You're not gonna be at Trish's where you're happy. Go live with your dad on in his tent on the work site. They showered every morning in a state park, as I said earlier, shower which did not have hot water, by the way. At this point, Dave and Nikki can have some heart to hearts. You yeah. know, so Nikki's yeah. like, Dude, Dave, why the fuck are you still with Shelly? And he's like, Well, because of you girls. Um, no, Dave, I'm sorry. Bitch, please. Uh, for sure. Because, what, you girls meaning I enjoy you guys getting abused by her every time I'm home and away? I just, whatever. Get yeah,
1: a- I have a hard time with that
0: one. Right. I mean,
1: maybe in his own mind, he... Uh, he did think that way, but. Uh, right,
0: right. You know, he's convinced himself at this point in time that that is why kids. he's still with them. Not because he's a spineless, shitless little asshole. Right. So at one point in time, they get a condo for a bit while he was working on another job. Like his uh, his employment has set, had set him up in a condo because it was a little bit away from their work site. Had did Shelly hate that? Well, Nikki went with him and it had hot running water and Nikki loved it. However, they did end up back in the tent campsite. And Nikki gets herself a regular job at a Baskin Robbins. Oh, nice. And then she got herself a second second job cleaning motels where the motel owner gave her a single wide trailer to live in, and it was in really bad shape, but she was grateful. This is the point of the time where Nikki is free. Oh, my gosh.
1: The joy that I feel right now
0: for her. Yep. She has to work two jobs to do it. But here she is. Sammy and Tori, on the other hand, are not. And guess what? With Nikki gone, now Sammy's the target.
1: I I was thinking that Sammy would be next. Yep.
0: And, of course, Tori's thrown in the mix, too. Sammy was still very popular in high school and became an expert at hiding the marks left by her parents. Her senior year, however, she had had about enough and no longer gave a, a shit. She started telling the teachers the truth. Good for her. When they would say things like, you're late with your homework, she'd say, my mom threw it away. The librarian was like, hey, you've got some late books. My mom burned them in the fireplace. So the school counselor pulls her in and says, we've been listening, and we're going to call Child Protective Services to get you and Tori out of the house. Not what you tell a child, FYI, ever. So she Yeah,
1: that's a really bad thing to say before you've even made a call or made any type of report or
0: anything. So she recants. Oh, wow. Tells them that none of it was true. Of course she did. She didn't want them making her mom mad. Because something that you guys should all remember throughout this story and any time that you hear about a child being abused, when it's this severe, their biggest fear is that I'm going to tell someone and then I'm going to be put back in that home. Yeah. Because they'll believe the adult over me. They won't believe me. And I'm going to have to go back in that home. And then things are going to be a million times worse for me because I told someone. That is why the name of this book that Greg Olson wrote is If You Tell. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's many reasons why, but that to me drives home the point. So now Sammy is sleeping outside like Nikki. She had a boyfriend named, and I'm sorry if I butcher this, because his name looks like Callie. K-A-L-E-Y. Okay. So I may be really messing that up and it's not, but that's what it looks like. And he knew that Shelley was nuts. There would be times where he'd drop Sammy off, the door would be locked, and he would sit there until she got in the house. So he would honk the horn to wake someone up so that her mother would let her in. And then he'd be satisfied, like, okay, she got in the house, she's in the house. Well, then... She to just kick outside. her right back outside. Mm-hmm. Dave claimed that he was not at the house much and did not know what's going, what was going on. Sammy was a storyteller, so he had to raise an eyebrow at anything that she said. Nothing would convince him uh, otherwise that abuse was going on.
1: Plus. Dave, that is right. Dave, The one that was there for all of the abuse. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Oh. Well, because he believes, and he says it right here, that kids need to be raised with a firm hand. I think I said that in part one as well. To me he is just as much of a culprit absolutely cuz he thinks that this abuse is discipline so the nope, wallowing it's abuse the yep. wallowing taught a good lesson yep that's not Get discipline here, jackass that's abuse oh it makes my blood boil same <sighs> on graduation day sammy was covered in bruises Dave later claimed Shelley told him it was from Sammy falling when she was painting one of the outbuildings, and he claimed that he never saw the bruises on Sammy. Oh, of course. But you know what? Isn't that convenient? I think Dave saw a lot that he just turned a blind eye to and pretended like he never saw because it was easier for him. Absolutely. He, he turned his head to so many things. Yep. You Ken dull genital asshole.
1: Get out of here with your plastic bulge. Right. <laughs> Plastic piece
0: of crap. We don't want to see your plastic bulge, Dave. It's not impressive. (laughs) Even in a banana hammock. (laughs) Sammy wanted to go to college, but her mom had stolen her application admission forms and they never got sent on time. So now it's the summer of 1997 and she's stuck. She devised a scheme to run away. Laura invited her to live with her. And so when she left, her mom reported her car stolen. And so you know what she does? She gets the help of her boyfriend's mother. Good for her. To get yep to get to Laura because her her boyfriend's mom was like, "Listen, I never cared for Shelly anyway. I'll she help you. Yeah, she Good. would call. She would call Sammy's boyfriend's parents in the middle of the night." to ask them how much money they made. What? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what the mom said too. <laughs> what? what? That is none of your business and I don't appreciate you calling me at this hour. 3 hey,
1: how much Met how em. much money
0: do you guys make? Yeah, how much money do you guys make? Like first of all, no one asked that ever. Why
1: would she yeah. do I don't even I don't even know. It's Charlie's. Does, an, so. does
0: anyone know back in the 90s were O Henry's laced with cocaine? I, you know. Well, is it maybe like, they were. like the old Coca-Cola yes. What's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> Anyway, so Sammy gets out. So, well, Sammy, for now, Sammy is out. She, Barb is girlfriend's, or excuse me, boyfriend's mom. Barb took her to Laura. And she tells Barb on the drive there, she tells Barb the truth about everything about her childhood. Not about Kathy, but about but the about- abuse that she's sustaining. Wow. So Barb tells Laura. When they arrived, Laura even shared back with them some of what Shelly was like as a child of what I shared with you in part one. She got to stay with Laura. Sammy got to stay with Laura the whole summer of 1997. And it was one of the happiest times of her life. Now, Nikki had sent letters to Sammy and Tori, which, of course, they didn't ever receive. Right. Of course. Nikki cut Shelly off, even though she'd made several attempts to contact her and even called the police to check on her. So the police would show up at Nikki's trailer and be like, "Well, your mom's just worried. Give her a call." And Nikki's like, "Yeah, she ain't worried. She abused worried. me
1: my whole life. Yep. I'm good." Like,
0: yep. Then she even tries to sabotage her work life. At one point in time, Dave threw a brick through the Baskin Robbins that Shelley or that Nikki worked at. Oh my god.
1: Yep. She's like, "Dave, go throw a brick through Baskin Robbins," and he's like,
0: okay, "Okay, I'll do it, even though I know Nikki works there." So. He does it. Because remember, this is in the town. This is, like, where Dave's work site is. Right. She still was banished there, you know, to the island or whatever, and is there. Shelly calls in an anonymous tip that it was Nikki that threw the brick through the window. Can you imagine? I mean,
1: I think that's what makes me so, like, the more I hear it, it's the way she would just try to rob them of any type of happiness. Living their life any way that's good without her. Pure evil. She had to take it. Yep. And it makes me feel because so many Because she was ways. so miserable herself.
0: Yes. Nikki called Laura for help at this point in time because she loses her job at Baskin-Robbins. And oh, my La- gosh. So they believed yeah, it. Yeah, right. To live. Even if, I will say this, I even if they didn't believe her and she told them that was my dad because my mom's crazy, she got fired because they didn't want that drama. Right.
1: And it's you like- know? For, we don't for, want that noise for BNR. I get it. It's like yep. they, right. they don't want this craziness. Right. Like for we gotta B&R. sell our
0: ice cream <laughs> we or whatever. Can hire another twenty something. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, and so it's like I get it, but
0: mm-hmm. oh gosh, she just takes everything. She does. Calls Laura. Laura invites her to live with her, and she's like, "By the way, Sammy's here too." So it had been almost a year since they'd seen one another at this point, and they Aww. both cried. And when they were hugging. Nikki I'm got a scared job to be happy, though, because I know right. that she's going to <laughs> right. try to steal this joy too. Nikki got a job as a nurse's aide, like right away when she moves in with Grandma Laura, and it paid more than both of her previous jobs combined. So she was really happy. Oh yay! Then yeah. anonymous complaints start to oh come God. in about how she was treating the residents. I cannot. Oh, I- oh, and then Dave would show up in the parking lot of the facility. Never said anything to her, just wanted her to know that there was an implied threat. He would follow her, so she would go the long way around. She is convinced that he was trying to grab her and take her back to Shelly's house. Shelley became ad- obsessed with knowing where the girls were, and somehow, with her ways, she found out that they were with Laura. And as you can imagine, oh, this I knew royally she- pissed her oh, off. Oh, yeah.
1: I knew she was going to find out some way, somehow.
0: Yep. Sammy went to a little summer camp that her boyfriend also attended, and Dave is standing there stalking in the woods, stalking her. Oh my just god! With like Dave, the parking lot. I know. Fucking like go, go eat away. Cho- eat a dick, choke and die, Dave. Yes,
1: like he's just like stalking the girls. Right. It, oh my god. Yep. So he w- he does like anything she says. Yes. She's sitting at home eating mm-hmm. her O'Henry's. bit of honey or oh yeah oh Henry,
0: and just like Dave. Yeah, this is what Go you've got to do. Go break through the window. Yep. Dave. Go stalk her in the parking lot and just stare at her all scary like. Oh my gosh. Go hunt her down in the I woods. I don't know if it summer camp. ever made me this like I frustrated. I know. I know. It's, it she takes is a lot just of process trying to ruin their lives. She is now. Sammy is just like, "What are you doing here, Dad?" He pulls her aside and they talked for a really long time. And this is the point in time where Sammy becomes more mature than her father and just saw him as a broken man. Yeah. He begged her to come home. And she felt Sammy felt bad for Dave at this point. And she's like, "Listen, I'm going to come home, but I want mom to fix what she did with the applications and I'm going to college." Of course Dave's like, "I don't know, Sam, if the, Sammy if that'll work, I don't know." So she called her mom and she gave her the ultimatum. Of course uh, don't tell Shelley, me she goes back there. Shelly is giving her excuse after excuse, saying, Oh, you know, I didn't tell you this. Well, first of all, you know, she's dying of cancer yeah. and all other forms of things. Year 25 of yep, the, cancer the world's battle. longest cancer yes. battle where she has no symptoms whatsoever. Yeah, uh, it's a true. Yeah, it's a really miracle. remarkable. She is a medical marvel, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Ugh. Then she's like, Listen, a divorce is going to happen. I, we can't, I'm, I'm going to oh, be Oh, she's divorcing. telling Sammy uh-huh, this. She's telling Sammy this. And blah, blah, blah. Sammy's like, listen, let's cut to the chase. I know you sabotaged my applications, and I want you to fix it. And she's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, you do. So fix it, and I'll come home. Mm.
1: Then she just, says, I'm still and like, of course, do Shelly
0: is still like giving her the excuses. So then she pulls out this. I won't tell anybody about Kathy. Oh, there as, we go. As long as you fix what you did to my applications, fuck yeah, Sammy,
1: blackmail yes. that bitch. I'm just still like, don't go back there. She'll do something to sabotage. She'll do something. I know, but if you're gonna do it, but you you do have the Kathy card
0: though. She did, and she and she played it. And you know what? Listen, sometimes the only way to get around a mind fuck is to mind fucked right back. The, yes. Yeah mind
1: fuck orgy going
0: on there is here.
1: there's so much lots happening. of it so much oh my goodness so, so she's going
0: back well so i need a blanket to hide under <laughs> you'll be happy to know she got into evergreen college and moved away at 19 like a normal child yay so she did go back home she did agree to have a relationship with her mom go back home but she did get to go to college finances were a mess and she kept writing the the loan officers like my husband had a heart attack my daughter has MS that's she got herself on financial assistance hardship programs that they really didn't qualify for because she was in a financial mess because of all of her spending her overspending not because of anything else but yeah I was telling people her husband had a heart attack her daughter had MS oh all gosh. of this she still has cancer you yeah
1: know. yeah we're still doing the cancer thing
0: and I'm not going to go into big detail here you can find it in the book but at one one time, one day, she wrote Target nine bad checks that bounced. Wow. Yeah. She had $36,000 of personal loan debt that she took out behind oh my Dave's gosh. back. Mm-hmm.
1: What is she doing? I don't know. Like, knickknacks? Denim? Tchotchkes. 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 What are
0: you... Clarol, what are you spending yeah, your like money what are on? you doing? I don't know. Oh, ha- how expensive are O'Henry's cuz I'm going to tell you Snickers are getting up there. Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe so. it was all those bars. I, I am don't know. so curious because she's not like working. Well, no, she was she was working, right? She had
0: her teacher's says a job because special needs children are her passion. Maybe it was the ma- midlife crisis going and out she, had partying, to, yeah, she had to. Yeah, she had to like know. get it doesn't you know, ever really <laughs> say just that she's overspending lord to make matters worse she'd go into nikki's account in raymond and withdraw money from her account even though it was at a different branch in a different city how does she do this crap nikki's like listen small town they knew she was my mom so they allowed it at one point in time sammy calls her and is like my social security number's not working she's like ah just keep changing the last number until one works sammy's like i'm not gonna do that that's not right so then she's like, here, use Tori's. Her credit's clean. Sammy's like, no, I'm not going to do that either. Oh, my god! She was trying to get an apartment and discovered that there was $36,000 on her credit that her mother had racked up using her social security number. Shelly tried to claim it was a mix-up, and Dave backed her Of course. Well, of course he mm-hmm. did. Yes, yes, yes. So now Sammy's off to school. Nikki is gone and, and estranged from the family. Tori is in middle school. And starts to become the brunt of everything. I was just going to say,
1: I feel so bad for Tori now being completely alone.
0: Remember, past behavior often predicts future behavior. We can pretty much see where this is going. Her mom hit her homework just to watch her look for it for hours. All of the things, all of the things. She didn't get water or wall. She never had to wallow, though. Tori did not get that. Oh, she didn't. She didn't have to wallow. Tori remembers her early years being happy when her dad was home because he would sit and watch TV and do things with her. However, now that she's more into the teen years, her parents did nothing but scream and fight when he was home. And it got to the point where she didn't want him home at all. And her mom is doing weird things like waking her up in the middle of the night like she did the other girls. Mm. One time she pulled the covers off and was like, Tori, would you ever consider killing yourself? And Tori's oh like, God. no. She's like, I'm serious. Would you? She's like, no. Then later that night she was terrified because she's like, is my mom going to kill me and make it look like an accident? Right. Those Legit the she's having. As a middle schooler, at one point in time, her mom threw her against an old ham radio that they had, and it cut her head really, really bad. It needed medical attention, and of course, she never got it. She was beaten with a wooden spoon once, and it left really bad bruises, and a friend's mom had seen the bruises, and Tori told the truth. The mom confronted Shelly, and of course, as you can imagine, Tori got the backlash from telling another mother about it. She was beaten so hard with a fishing pole that the pole broke. She kept, telling she kept telling her things like, I wish I had boarded you. You were ungrateful. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. She would worry about days that she would go swimming that people would see the, the bruises. There were times where she wasn't allowed to go swimming because she had because too many the bruises. bruises. Mm-hmm. This is where things get even more weird, though. Like, she's escalating a little bit. She used to make Tori come into the living room, take her shirt and bra off, and tell her, I need to see how you're developing. Oh, my God. Yep and she's just like what mom this is weird no she's like I'll, I'll, your your sisters did it all moms do it. We have to check your development. Now, we have said this before. I think the only thing that's missing from this case is sexual abuse. Yes. There is no allegations of that. This is not what this is. It's control This is power. control and humility. Uh-huh. Humility.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I feel like she did use the nudity just for
0: that degrading. She did. It was. Yep, yep. It's know. not about any sort of sexual gratification. No. Yeah. Then she tells her, calls her out one day and says, I need a lock of your pubic hair to put in your baby book. Oh, my God. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. She's like, your sisters did it. It's normal. I need it. Oh, my God. She hands her a pair of scissors. So Tori's like, whatever. She goes and does it. And when she hands her the hair, um, Shelly's like, I don't need that. I just wanted to see if I could make you do it. What in the
1: hell? And then Tori's left feeling, like, humiliated and probably
0: shameful. Yep. Now, here's something that's really rich. Tori remembers that she was constantly told that Nikki was a monster who used to beat Shelly. and Shelly would say things to her like, "Can you imagine a girl beating her own mom?" Now Tori, Tori's probably
1: like, "Yes, yeah, Tori, yeah, right." I've dreamt it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's my daydreams
0: every night. Right, Tori's fourteen and she didn't know any better, so she starts to think this. Yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. She thinks she thinks Nikki is enemy number one. Yes. Okay, and I, does she start to hate Nikki too? Yeah. Well, she doesn't know how she's feeling conflicted because right. you know she was felt abandoned by her at six. Yeah. Now she's fourteen, and she's feeling very like, okay, maybe what she's telling me is true. You know. By the way, I just watched you try to take a drink out of that straw and miss your mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I totally did. I was like searching oh, for it. <laughs> but I wanted to keep listening. I know, but it was.
0: I thought our <laughs> listeners should know what I'm seeing <laughs> right now. I was bobbing for the straw. (laughs) It's not like Shelly is leaving Sammy alone at college either. Oh, yeah. Make no mistake. She's still trying to ruin her life. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want you to think Sammy is free and clear here. Right. She called her 10 to 12 times a day. And if Sammy didn't answer, she would call her RA. Oh, my God. I thought Uh it was going there. And her boyfriend, Callie, that she's still dating. And Callie would actually lie for her and say, like, no, she's not here. And she's laying right next to him. Then she calls one day. I've been diagnosed with lupus. Oh, gosh. I got the lupus. Now, yep. The cancer thing's getting old. I need to... Now I need something else. Now she has lupus. Then, like the next day, it was an ovarian cyst that needed major surgery. Sammy came home one weekend just wanting to prove that her mom was batshit crazy and wanted proof of lupus and the cyst. So she was poking around her bedroom. Shelly wasn't home. And she's poking around because she's like, I am going to show her you don't have lupus and you don't have an ovarian cyst. Um also by the way she after that phone call about lupus she never mentions it again. Oh gotcha. Yeah. So she's poking around and she finds a bag of ash and bones under the bed, oh. under Shelley's bed. Yeah creepy and also she found nothing to prove the medical conditions no surprise what? there you i also feel say. like we're not surprised that she found ash and bones under shelly's no, no not at all Like, did she need that for her devil worship seancing i you yeah, know well, I, there's probably a lot of weird shit she needed but are these we don't ever know okay i also oh, there might be like a whole other i will secret just out tell there. you right now that wh- whosoever those were she got rid of it Gotcha. Yep. Now this is where shit totally gets crazy. As if the entire (laughs) last, I don't know, three and a half hours of content wasn't Wasn't crazy crazy enough. Here it comes. Okay. Oh gosh. Here it comes. Deep breath, people. She becomes a caseworker for the Olympic Area Agency on Aging in Raymond. I got nothing. She's a caseworker for elderly people. Again. I'm terrified. Who's getting jobs in HR? I, Raise your hand yeah. if you know someone who works in HR and makes horrible hiring decisions. Because Shelly people, whoever hired Shelly, you gotta go back to
1: school. But unfortunately, she probably wasn't on the radar for anything. I don't no, even know if there have, would have
0: been a radar at that uh, point. Exactly, like, and she's a narcissist, so she's very manipulative. Shelly
1: is the reason for so many things today. Background checks, right.
0: Shit, this is why um, financial,
1: uh-huh. you know, all the intimate <laughs> questions that they ask you on those the application.
0: Qu- yes. This is why
1: those security checks for bank accounts. Yeah. The, the
0: passwords
1: right. like Shelly is the she reason. She is the
0: reason that our lives are so complicated today it's because there's so many horrible people. I yeah. blame Shelly. She Shelley. she's taken our joy We're as just, well. She in has. In so many ways. Her reach is just knows no bounds she, <laughs> during this job. She meets this guy named Ron Woodworth. Oh no. Uh,
1: yeah. No much. Ron. No. Run. Run. Any anytime you say she meets someone, I know I it's know. gonna be bad. Right.
0: And he helped Shelly with a case where an older woman had upwards of eighty cats and they needed to be rehomed. And Ron helped her rehome them because he was actually an avid cat lover himself. Hold on. Because he was such good friends with Shelley. Do you have a question? Raise your hand. What do you mean? I-
1: <laughs> so she's going in like doing the investigations for She's an
0: a caseworker for the elderly, so I think this. I think this woman. I would imagine adult protective services were okay. probably called, and so she's a service that's going in and okay. helping.
1: At first, I was thinking like a home that she was, like doing work in, but she's going and investigating things.
0: She's going and in, in helping uh, whatever adult protective services deems the aging person needs. I just get chills. Yep. Yeah. yeah, she's a service provider. That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Insert the sideshow Bob grunt. Uh. <laughs> oh my that, gosh. That's okay. where we're at right All now. Right. So, because she became such a good friend with Ron Woodworth, Tori starts going to his house after school. They get so close actually that Tori starts referring to him as Uncle Ron. Oh, which did you ever see the, that movie, Captain Ron? <laughs> That's <all I> <laughs> Captain Ron, anyway. As much as I mention movies on this podcast, I don't actually get to watch TV very much, oh, but, same. Uh,
1: but I still love them. Is that the one with Kurt Russell? Yeah, it's like,
0: yeah, I yes, loved
1: that movie. Me too, love me some Kurt Russell. Oh, of
0: course. If, if
1: you don't, you're just wrong. Yeah, I
0: agree. <laughs> Tori, as much as she loved Uncle Ron, she didn't really love his house because it stunk of cats and was gross. I mean, no. He's a bachelor. But she liked him because he had a great sense of humor and really nice. Ron had a long ponytail despite thinning hair on top of his head, which Tori always thought was a little ironic. So, like a skullit like <laughs> situation. <laughs> yes. Not knocking it. No, no, Not that's what he's rocking it. He had a big belly and earrings. And he loved Egyptology, and was a licensed caregiver for his elderly mother. Nice, yeah. He had fallen on hard times. He was in Raymond. Oh no. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: yep. this is, You see I don't where, like this, is where going. Going. this is going? I
0: know. He was in Raymond because he had followed his partner of seventeen years there. And in 1996, his father passed away, and it really changed Ron. By 97, his relationship with his partner was over, and he didn't handle the breakup well. Ron had one good friend in life, and that was a woman named Sandra Broderick, whom he was in the military with, actually. And when he was struggling financially and emotionally in 97, Sandra offered to have him and his mother move in with her. Instead, Ron declined because his good friends, Shelley and Dave Kotek, were going to have him move in with them. <laughs>
1: That's where I was. I, I thought it was going there.
0: Yeah, I love your cry. That was oh, perfect. <laughs> we are all doing that right now.
1: Uh, as soon as you said the hard times, I was like, mm-hmm.
0: oh, she's going to swoop in and Pray she's going to be like, you him. can
1: come live with us. Yeah. Because she's a parasite and she needs she a host. Is. That's right. She is. Perfect. Isn't that? Damn, that was good. That was Amber. good. She, God
0: damn it. You're amazing, Amber.
1: <laughs> damn, I'm good. No, but like she does. She needs a host. She does. Yes, 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 yes. And the kids are growing
0: up. Well, poor Tori's still right. in the mix. But. Dave's on his island, living his best park ranger life. Yeah. He's not really a park ranger. It's well, just that's where now. he's showering. <laughs> yeah. He's doing logging or some shit. So no one uh, really cares. So he's not moving. growing a penis. We know that. We're, no. He's not spending all this time away growing a penis. But <laughs> So they both move in. Well, the mom Grandma and. grandma does not. There was Here's where the triangulation happens. Grandma was being evicted. Shelly tells... Ron, I'm going to hire a lawyer to fight the eviction. So Ron hands Shelly over $1,000 to retain a lawyer. But Ron has never told the lawyer's name, as I'm sure we all know by now. Right. He did not. She didn't get the lawyer. What she's doing instead is writing Ron's mom as the caseworker, by the way, and saying, yeah, Ron's not willing to be your licensed caregiver anymore ron's not willing to help you anymore. she's prepping
1: to isolate him
0: she is right from the start ron's not gonna help you she even goes as far as writing ron's mother's family his siblings live in michigan hey michigan we know where that's at Yes, we do. We're currently sitting in it, but cold and it is on Mother's Day. But oh my gosh, this woman is so she is a poison. Yes, siblings in Michigan are like what the. And remember, Ron had started to decline since the death of their father, and then the breakup of his partner for seventeen years. So for them, this is like oh, just adding another layer of his decline in their minds. So it's not unbelievable to them. So they kind
1: of believe like, oh, he's struggling, even though
0: Ron actually really loved his mother and dutifully cared for her. This hurts my soul. So he moves in with Shelly and Dave and Shelly's like, yeah, we're gonna take care of your mom. We got it handled. Then she eventually starts giving Ron letters, quote, letters from Ron's mother, where Ron's mother is supposedly disowning him because Shelly got rid of all of his cats, all of Ron's cats, because those cats aren't going to come live with her, and tells, my understanding from the book, is tells Ron that it was the mom, it was his mom that got rid of the cats. So Ron's like so angry at his mother.
1: Because he loved the cats. Mm
0: -hmm. And then he's being told all these things that his mom is supposedly doing and all this stuff that she's not.
1: I need Shelley to not exist anymore. So I just this need is that for myself.
0: She is still, Satan is still roaming the earth. Yes. We'll get to it.
1: Oh my gosh. Can they you imagine do- what she's doing in prison right now? Just like triangulating She's, and ruining lives.
0: She is. She is somehow writing her cellmate's oh, family. Absolutely. Ruining their life. Absolutely. Like, any cellmate that had to have that poor one, I hope she spent most of it in isolation, honestly. We need
1: to research any type of like conspiracies that have happened in that prison because right, they, they, they were started them.
0: by her. Absolutely. Satan's reach is long. Satan's asshole is, <laughs> is at long. work.
1: It, it, is. Is lo- it is long. It is
0: long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, unlike she his She is living in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, it's Fina. She's living in it. She's living in Satan's asshole. She is, That's <laughs> her home. That is where she came from. Oh, my gosh.
0: This woman. Oh,
1: God. This I grew woman. up on a
0: farm. There were times where I thought I was in Satan's <laughs> asshole, but
1: you're right. It might be
0: Shelly's yeah, nest. That's
1: where Shelly lives. Shelly's nest.
0: So they give him a bedroom. They put his belongings in there. Sammy is worried. She When she comes home on the weekends from school, she's uh-huh. like... Like, who's this? Yeah. What's going on? But also, it was kind of weird, because Ron was really lovey-dovey with Shelly. Like, yes, Shelly, dear. There was nothing any sexual mentioned. I have no idea. Uh, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if she manipulated that way, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I won't even pretend to know. Our minds that can't was never- process that, yeah, along and, with everything else. And there was never any mention of anything like that. He's much older than her. And Dave
1: um, knew what was going to happen.
0: Dave did not want Ron there. For the record, he was but probably like, run. Shelly has literally never listened to anything. Uh, Dave might as well be farting out of his mouth because, <laughs> for as much as Shelly listens to him, it's just going nowhere. He really should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. around the second week there, the uh, honeymoon's over. Shelly started in with, I saw you roll your eyes. Oh, here we go. And he'd say, I'm sorry, Shelly, dear. She'd say things like, Did you mean to insult me with that tone? I'm sorry, Shelly, dear. She'd say, I don't want a useless, mm, I hate using this word. So I'm actually not going to because I think it's so offensive. But it's the derogatory word for a gay man that starts with an F. Okay, gotcha. She calls him that a lot. Gotcha.
1: Um, Of course she does. Yeah,
0: I don't want one of those, you know, talking Uh, to me, talking to me, that sort of thing. History repeating itself mm-hmm. 10 years later.
1: Doesn't it make you sick that, and we've talked about this, like that she knew it was wrong. Um, so it it does kind of make mm-hmm. you question. i mean, I'm she, questioning, it's not all mental this illness. This is all pre-planned. She is. isolated him, yeah. broke him away from his family because she knew she was going to do all of this. She's an abuser. Mm-hmm. And a freaking parasite.
0: Ron's possessions were eventually taken away. He was no longer allowed to eat with the family. And then eventually, not at all. He had toast and water twice a day. And she would follow it up with pills. Of course. Yep. He started changing immediately after the physical abuse and the pills started. Eventually, he no longer had a bedroom and he slept on the floor of what they called the computer room. Sometimes it was even under the desk because that's where she would tell him he had to sleep. He spent all day outside in the yard doing ridiculous chores. His bathroom privileges were revoked oh, we and go. his shower privileges Now, remember, he's being drugged with pills. That's why he's accepting this. He peed in a Windex bottle. She found it and beat him. Now, Tori actually did the same thing at night because you don't make noise at night. You don't do Mm -hmm. anything to draw attention to yourself. You certainly don't use the bathroom. She, though, was smart enough to empty it out the window in the morning. And eventually, but she couldn't tell Ron this. She wasn't really allowed to, to speak very much with Ron when he started getting abused. Eventually, though, she did say that she started to see Ron do the same thing. Like they're they're just—they're both just meeting each other's gazes, dumping their urine out the window (laughs) in the morning.
1: Oh, that's so
0: sad. Shelly lost her job as a caseworker due to complaints of her verbal abuse to co-workers and clients, and she was stealing and lying to them as well. Okay, for this I am grateful. Yep, and no one is surprised at all right now. So she's back to being a little worthless slug on a log on the couch, eating her O. Henry's and her ass is getting bigger and bigger. No worries, the plot on days is probably still the same. It is, it is. At this point. Yep. So... Yep. We didn't miss much. No, the only thing that's that's changing is that her ass is getting as big as her crazy mm-hmm. at this point in time. Eventually, Ron's friend Sandra is tired of the runaround that she's getting from Shelly because she keeps calling the house, and Shelly keeps saying, oh, you just missed him. Oh, he's yeah. out with friends. Oh, he's this and that. So she's like, listen, you don't let me talk to him. I'm going to file a missing persons report. Yes. I mean, she's just a military woman, you know? Yeah. She's like, this isn't right. I'm not playing with your
1: yep. bullshit, Shelly. Exactly. Oh, Shelly's bullshit stinks too. It don't does. play with it.
0: So she lets <laughs> yeah, Don't touch it. <laughs> so she lets him talk to her on the phone and it was brief and he didn't sound right. The friend knew. She was like, but she has no idea he's being drugged. Right, I mean, her right. mind's not immediately going there. Right. So she's like, Okay. A week later, Shelly called Sandra back and says, You're stressing him out. You need to stay out of his life. Mm, here we go. Yep. Isolation. Ron was fifty six, so now it's two thousand and one and Laura is retired and moved to Oregon to help refurbish a bed and breakfast. Nikki called and said that she was interested in moving by her as well and start a new job. Laura was thrilled. Nikki got a job immediately and the two were watching a crime show on T V together. So they're they're, you know, back Mm -hmm. or, or still together nikki had also always been fascinated by crime like i said when they were done watching the show nikki got quieter in a way that felt really different to laura and the next morning she informed laura that there was something she needed to tell her nikki tells laura about kathy oh about all of it laura immediately knows what they that they need to tell so they call the police police chief where they live in oregon and tell him everything he called the Sheriff's Department in Raymond, so because remember, they live in Oregon, so they're like, first point of contact is the Oregon police. Mm-hmm. Oregon's like, yes, yeah, sis, not my jurisdiction, let's call Raymond. More importantly, South Bend and Old Willapa, which were the where the crimes happened. So eventually, they put Laura in contact with Jim Bergstrom, and he told Laura to write down everything, so she did. On July eleventh, two 2001, Laura faxes three pages and marks it urgent. She never gets a response what? Nikki tells her boyfriend Chad. Chad's like, girl, you got to go face to face and tell them a fax won't work. So he actually, Chad convinces her and is like, I will drive you to Raymond. Let's go. So she does. On the way, Shelly actually randomly calls her, like somehow gets a hold of her. I don't know if she had a cell phone. I'm not sure. But they don't talk. You know, they're not in contact. Nikki, you know, and is like, I'm planning a trip to Disneyland. I want all you girls to go. Shelly's like, yeah, that'd be great. But what was weird, it's like, we are on our way to Raymond, and you somehow contacted yeah, me. Yeah,
1: that is so weird. eerie.
0: Right. So, and that that really is just a little part of the story. It doesn't go anywhere. I just found that really ironic that it's like, like you're on your way to tell everything that happened, and she's like planning this. Like As much gonna, as she found we out hate everything. You. Yeah, we hate you, but come to Disneyland with us. That's how all over the place this woman is. Yeah, yeah. So she calls. She calls Sammy and drops the bomb that she had carried a while on her way to Raymond. She's like, "Sammy, I think Mom and Dad sh- killed Shane." And was like, "The reason I feel this way is remember how we really didn't hunt for him. We didn't find him. Mom always liked to hunt, and she always found him, mm-hmm. you know. And then that letter. Shane would never write Mom that letter. And yeah. as as an, a you know more of a maturing adult that's outside of the situation now, she's putting these pieces together and is like, "This is no." And she's watching those crime shows and realizing, learning more about criminality Uh and and in the possibility. Mm -hmm. She goes and sits down with Jim Bergstrom. In person. And he took down her statement, all of that, and she just sat and waited for the other shoe to drop. But nothing happens. I can't believe that. Shortly after, Chad broke up with Nikki, and Nikki's like, meh, probably too much baggage. He's probably hurt too much. Yeah, (laughs) I'm thinking so. When you have to drive your girlfriend to another state. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I I get it, Chad, I get it.
0: No judgment there, Chad. No, no. So, Sammy at this point tells her boyfriend, Callie, because... Her sister has found her voice. Now it's time for, you know, for her to find hers. He, he's met Shelly. Yeah, so he, he kind of knew. Kinda, yeah, so that's good. Both of the girls are, they're finding their voices. Yes. You know, they're adults. But back home, Tori, now she's getting starved.
1: Oh, no. She has
0: to sneak frozen foods, and she couldn't warm them up. I mean, she's eating them frozen. And she then went back to the freezer the next day. All the... They're gone. Yeah, all the frozen food was gone. And so it, she her, must
1: have been, like, microma- like checking all of the food to make sure that Tori was not eating. Yeah.
0: Yes. And um, her punishment was that she had to do endless amounts of naked jumping jacks, which, ouch. <sighs> ouch. Oh, if you have breasticles, you know oh, how much jumping oh. jacks are a danger to yourself and the others. The vision of me doing that nope. is horrifying. I can't. know. You'd have a whole black face. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry yeah. to say, but it no, wouldn't it, go it's well.
1: It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Ron, humiliation.
0: That's what it is. It's and it's torture to have to keep doing jumping jacks. I mean, my chicken legs can only handle so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was it. Wasn't? It's not like give me ten. Mm-hmm. It was a, a torturous, especially amount.
1: like with no clothes on, right? With everything, and just, and she's yeah.
0: hungry. It's so sad. So Ron is naked doing yard work. She this took, woman with she her- took everything, all of his clothes, of everything. Course, away from. Yeah. One time she made Tori do yard work with an axe down her pants. Now, this was when she was 11 and she forgot to, um, you know, she didn't do something correctly or whatever. And her mom approaches her with an axe and she was genuinely, like, terrified. And she told her she had to do her daily chores with the axe down her pants the whole time. What? Again, just power and control. She just wanted to see if she could make her do it. Just
1: to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And she did. One time, she also made her sleep on garbage. She came, she went up to her room and there was garbage dumped on the bed, and she knew immediately, I forgot to take the garbage out. So that was her punishment. Wow. You forget to she take it out, it. you sleep on it. Mm-hmm. By the time she was 12, she had Ron telling Tori that um, he doesn't love her and that she's a terrible kid. Tori knew Aww. better. Remember, Tori is the youngest in putting all these pieces together. So as much as I like to tell a story in a nice neat timeline, for Tori's story it's just a little bit more convoluted because she is is so much younger. Mm-hmm. And everything happens intensely when she is, is younger than the other girls. Okay. So bear with me because her memories are a little bit a little bit scattered. But she does remember there was a point in time where Ron would sleep just outside her bedroom door and they would chat. They would whisper through the door. At night with each other, and they had to sneak around because they weren't allowed to talk with one another.
1: This reminds me of Kathy, like in
0: the trunk, and they yes, would talk and to they her. were talking. Mm-hmm. Shelley would come and visit Sammy at college, and she'd make Ron stay in the car the whole time. Sammy was she was always in the middle. So what you guys don't realize is happening right now is that Sammy still has a relationship with Nikki, okay? But Nikki and Tori are not talking because Shelley. And Nikki are not talking. Right. And Tori lives with Shelly. Right. So, Sammy's in the middle. Sammy is still having a relationship with Nikki, but she's not telling Shelly. So, she's talking to Tori on the phone. Sammy's talking to Tori on the phone and is like, how's everything going? You know, Tori's like, it's fine. Ron is fine. She keeps, she's not telling the truth. hmm Keep in mind that Tori was very, very young when Sammy and Nikki were going through their abuse, so Tori has no idea that this is her mother repeating behaviors. Okay, Tori so she doesn't remember Kathy.
1: Yeah, she didn't know she what was her a sister's- baby.
0: She didn't know what her sisters went through, so she has no idea that this is not okay. Well, She knows it's not okay, but she doesn't know that this is what her sisters went through. Yeah. So when her sisters are like, how is everything going? Or excuse me, when Sammy's like, how's everything going? She's not telling because she's scared. There is one time that Sammy came home on a weekend and noticed that Ron wasn't wearing any shoes outside. And Sammy went back and told Nikki about it, and Nikki was like, "Mm -mm, this is the beginning. I know what's happening. Yeah, 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 they had
1: to have known. This is yep. another victim.
0: And Dave would later say that he came home on the weekends and saw that Ron was deteriorating. Ron did try to run for it several times. She hunted him down. She found him every time.
1: It amazes me that she can find them every freaking time. Yep.
0: Now Ron had to have been vulnerable,
1: and and Kathy too. Like. Just in some way. Well, but remember way. the pills. And the pills. You do forget about the, the pills. pills. Yeah. And how
0: different you are under a drugged up state constantly like that. Like I said, Tori was never made to wallow, but she did have like weird things that she'd have to do. Um, At one point in time, they, Shelly made her put gold bond down her panties. And she was like, I, no, that burns. Because that, that is not good for women. It does not feel good. Um, I wouldn't think so. On the thighs is one thing, but on your actual vagina, it burns. Yeah. She made her do it anyway. She would spray her with a power washer, so instead of the wallowing with the hose, repeatedly, she would get sprayed with a power washer, which ouch. Oh my gosh. So here we are with Ron deteriorating and working like a slave without shoes and often without clothes, just dependent on the day. Now comes along a man named Jane James Mac McClintock. Please don't tell me there's another one. Ironically, I don't want to give anything away. Okay but
1: I won't I won't ask questions yet.
0: Ironically, this man, this James McClintock is a really good friend of Kathy's mother, Kay. Remember her? Oh. she And he was a Pearl Harbor survivor. He was in need of some help and some care, because he's quite elderly at this point. So Shelly inserts herself as a caregiver.
1: I'm in fetal position over here. You
0: really are. She's sucking her thumb.
1: No more. Um,
0: He has a beloved dog, a black knit lab named Sissy, who he loves so much. love labs. I know. And I love the name. I just think that's cute. It is cute. He loves Sissy so much that Sissy is actually the heir to his home and possession when he passes. I love that. Mm-hmm. And whoever he leaves Sissy in charge of when Sissy passes will then be his heir. That is so
1: precious. Yep. I'm going to leave my stuff to Geo.
0: <laughs> there oh, you I go. I mean,
1: Landed first, fine. of course. Yes, fine.
0: <laughs> I guess. First to Geo, then to Landed. Yes. That makes sense. It's the hierarchy power or, you know, yes. order. I get it. Seriously, so, though, that's adorable. Yep. So Shelly uses Ron to help care for Mac at this point. All right? She's like, Mac needs a caregiver. She started calling Mac the dad she never had. If you recall from part one, Shelly had a father that actually enabled her way too much and yeah, was a big yeah. part of her life. So fuck off, Shelly. She will not be Sissy's caretaker.
1: She will not. She does not deserve that. You're jumping ahead. I'm
0: sorry, I just saw it coming. I
1: saw it coming. All right, I'm sorry. Go on. So,
0: what happens is, they, you know, she's the dad. He's never had. She lies about. You know, I lost my mom at two. No, you didn't. You were actually thirteen, and you didn't care at yeah. the time. I hadn't seen her since you, you were have six. No soul. right, right, and just all different sob stories to make of this course. man. Mm-hmm. I've
1: been through chemo. Right.
0: The whole family is through the roof that Shelley is caring for an elderly man. They call the sheriff's department to warn them. And Bergstrom has told them that Kathy's case has gone cold at this point. They're like, listen, we told you what she did to Kathy. And now she's caring for this elderly man. So they have multiple people that they have do- said this happened. Well, they have Nikki and they have Laura. What is happening is he's trying to confirm with Sammy and Sammy's not and she's calling not- okay. him back. Okay. That's what's happening. So to them, the case has gone cold. Before you know it, Mac falls for everything, and Shelly is the heir to his ho- home and possessions once his dog Sissy passes. No. So legally, it glos- goes to the dog first, then Shelly. This power of attorney happens on September 7th, 2001. Ron is still getting all the same physical abuse that Kathy did. He was beat, and he was degraded, and he was often crying and in an emotional, browbeaten yeah. state. Yeah. Tori caught him working in Shelly's yard one day, weed-whacking in his underwear, His back was terribly sunburned and his feet were bloody and the skin on his hands were all tore up. Tori went to him and said, I'm so sorry, Uncle Ron. So So sad. So Tori really thought Ron living with Mac would be the best thing for him. Like, hey, he's not going to be here anymore. He's going to live with Mac. However, on February 9th, 2002, Tori got a call from her mother that Mac had fallen and he was dead. She was giddy. She was left $5,000 to care for Sissy who was an older dog, and she was to inherit his house, which was worth more than $140,000. The 911 call and the explanations did not match, but this was not even a, even looked into. He was old, and he'd fallen out of his wheelchair and hit his head. So now Ron is back in Shelley's house, and things continue to escalate. She's telling Tori that Ron murdered Mac and how horrible he is as further justification for her abuse of Ron. Just because I know you all are wondering right now, we never really know the true story of Mac. And how what but happened? Again, past behavior typically predicts future behavior. It is believed that she had Ron push Mac down the stairs, Goodness. somehow out of his wheelchair, something, and or she did it herself. I feel those like, are the two.
1: I feel like I'm now Dave early relationship soul is dying. Yes. We all feel out.
0: like we're in an early relationship with Shelly and it's not going well and we just want it to end. Like the decline is yep. happening. That's what's happening me. right now.
1: Ugh.
0: The police were like he's old. He fell out of his wheel- wheelchair. He bonked his head and, and it was this, an police,
1: this blows my mind. The police are still not raising an eyebrow yet. Even though yep. like Sammy yep. won't come forward yet. Yep. They still have these allegations and then someone else dies and they're still like mm,
0: we don't see a problem right. here. Well March 19th 2002 a little, mo- a little bit of A little over a month after Mac died, Laura straight up calls Jim Bergstrom and the investigator and says she killed him. He's like, you don't know that. She goes, listen, I bet she poisoned him.
1: Was he a sucker for a redhead or what? I don't
0: know. Who knows? He was old and had been sick a long time. So then she's like, who's caring for the dog? And he says, Shelly is. She's like, she's probably going to poison the dog, too. The dog is fine. Patrol mm. saw the dog.
1: Is it? Mm. Okay, because you all it seem fine. to think these
0: kids are fine, too, and that everyone's fine. Or sissy. And she's like, listen, this isn't right, and you need to do something. That is Laura. Like, yeah. you need to do something. The thing is that he'd been trying. He'd been trying to get a hold of Sammy, and Sammy wouldn't call back. By May 2002, Nikki gets married, and Sammy did attend. Yay. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So this is about three months after uh, Mac. Shelley starts to get questioned several times about the death of Mac from the Sheriff's Department, so much so that she hires a lawyer and claims that the police are harassing her. Any ki- time that they came a knocking, she made Ron hide. Ron now has one tooth, and Shelly caught all his hair, even his beloved ponytail. Oh, he loved his ponytail. Yep. The last time that Nikki ever sees her mother was on October 2002 in an olive garden. She's not sure why she even agreed to meet her, and she was extremely rude to the waitresses that she couldn't take it anymore. She didn't tell her a damn thing about her life.
1: But Good it was for her. at
0: that moment that she was like, nope, I'm done. I'm done. And never saw or spoke to her again.
1: I think that that is, I mean, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Yeah, but right, right. I think that there was probably for the time. best. Mm-hmm.
0: At this point, Tori isn't telling anyone about the abuse that is still continuing or about what's going on with Ron. In the spring of 2003, the sheriff's department come out to the house to serve Ron a restraining order that his mother had filed against him. Now, keep in mind, Ron's not leaving the house. Yeah. So who is harassing Ron's mom? I think we all know. I think we do. They got a little glimpse of him, scrawny and sick looking, but he fled into the woods immediately and they called after him and they're like, Ron, we just need, you to, re- need to serve you some papers. But he never came out. Fifteen minutes later, Shelly calls them and says, he's not living with us now. He's living in Tacoma. And they're like, we, saw, we him saw him on the front porch and he went running. So she's like, oh, you're right. He probably ran away. And the reason I lied to you is because he has warrants. Poor Ron. That could have been his out. Mm-hmm. And he's he's got warrants and he is sick and I've been taking care of him. So he has a heart condition. She's like, he ran because he has warrants.
1: I can't believe the power that this woman has right, over people. Right.
0: She went on to promise the police that she'd have Ron call them so that the restraining order and they're like, could be served. Okay. Bergstrom decides to ask about Kathy, saying her family's very worried. Like, hey, Shelly. Shelly's like, I own this family. You heard from Kathy? She's like, I haven't heard a word from her in a long time. And they just accepted it. Oh my gosh. I can't. I just yeah,
1: can like,
0: I did my investigation. I asked a question. Oh, you haven't heard from her? Oh, okay. Okay. No problem. We have a believe good day. You. This made Shelly drill Sammy even more about Kathy and about who she told and Sammy's like nobody I haven't told anybody she made her rehearse the story just like always well then Ron falls off the roof and at Shelly's doing Dave makes him climb up and keep jumping off Tori witnessed all this and Tori thought for sure that he would have broken things he was crying and moaning every time Uh he hit the ground Ron had gotten cuts on his feet from broken glass that Shelly had buried in the garden Oh gosh. Yep. Burn you know how she glass. likes to do that? Then she attended the wounds by pouring bleach on them and then sticking them in boiling hot water. <sighs> the skin started to fall off his feet. Tori recalled that he smelled like decay for about a month. This is so freaking sad. Yep. She cleaned all of the kids at one point or another with bleach and hot water, but the boiling, the boiling. was only for Ron and his feet.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Later, Dave claimed that he had no idea bleach was not okay for human skin and recalled that Shelly used it all the time on Kathy and Ron and even the girls.
1: I'm going to need you to just go, like, <laughs> away, Dave,
0: forever. So when he's being interviewed by the author, this is what he's like, saying. like, oh, I didn't know. Uh-huh. They, he even said, we never went to the store without replenishing the, su- the family supply of bleach. That's how much she used it. Dave claimed Shelly probably didn't know that bleach was bad either. I'm sure I'm she sure. didn't. sure, I'm sure. She had no idea. Dave. She didn't see it or read it in a book. It's fine. Ron was in a serious state of living decay at this point, and like Kathy, was not getting any better.
1: Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine what he looked like after all of that. Can mm-hmm. you imagine as a child, like Tori, seeing him right. in this state? She's a teenager. Yeah, at this point it's, in time. Okay, teenager, yep. but it's still, that's probably even worse. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my well, and then being
0: fed lies by her mom about how he is, you know, she's helping him because he's an he's an alcoholic and addicted to drugs. That's oh, what Of course. She's, you know. Yeah. As he got too weak to even move himself, Shelly subsided a bit on the verbal and physical abuse and went into fake caretaker mode. In the summer of 2003, Ron was laying on the back porch all day and night while Shelly was giving him whiskey and telling him it would be okay. She told Tori that he had tried to commit suicide and that she was trying to help him. The next morning, Ron was nowhere to be seen, and Tori was told that Shelley had taken him to Ron, to Max to rest because, you know, Max house, house is still in, like, escrow, in, like, an estate. huh But they can get into it because they were the take caretakers. But Tori knew that, that was a lie because her bedroom was above the driveway and she never heard anyone leave, you know. And, uh-huh. and her mom didn't get up early in the morning to do shit, so there's no way. Three days later, Ron still was not home, and her mother simply told her, Tori, that is, that she could never tell anyone about Ron. If anyone, especially Sammy asks you and you tell him or tell her I will disown you. I'll shun you for the rest of your life, I swear. If the cops came, tell them Ron went to live in a homeless shelter in Tacoma. We can't tell them that he is at Max. Tori knew it was a threat, but she was never told why she couldn't tell anyone mm-hmm. about Ron being at Max, like why does it matter if Ron's at Max? And then she's carrying on with he's fine, I see him every day, sometimes twice a day. Remember, Tori used to call Ron Uncle Ron, so she did keep asking. After the the days after he went, Mm -hmm. he was gone. And she's like, why do you keep asking about Ron? She's like, I like Uncle Ron. And Shelly's like, well, you need to stop asking about him. He's fine. Just like, take me for my word. It's fine. It's fine. Because I said so. He's fine. Now, Tori has to do all of Ron's chores. And of course, it has to be to Shelly's satisfaction or else. One time she got locked, and this is shortly after Ron was gone. She got locked in the dog kennel after the dogs had pooped in it because she didn't clean it to her specification. So then she locks her in the dog kennel, poopy dog kennel, and then sprayed her with the hose until she was covered in water and dog poop. Oh, oh my gosh! So suddenly, after this, after being locked in this cage, Shelley's like, "You know what? You're going to go spend the weekend with Sammy." Odd. Yeah, and spend. At this point in time, Ron has been at Max for five days, or so. Mm-hmm. Sammy's happy to have Tori. They arrange to meet in an Olive Garden as their drop-off and pick-up. Now, Sammy was concerned about her mom because her hand was swollen to twice the size it should be, and her thumb looked out of joint. She's like, "Mom, I think you need to go to the hospital." She's like, "No, no, it's really fine. It's fine." Which is <laughs> this, unusual. This whole thing unusual for someone who likes to gain attention through medical need. She actually has that one she's now. She's got one, and she's like, "Nah, girl, I'm yeah, fine. I got this. Yeah, it's just what my my yeah, thumb is pointing thing. the other way. No biggie. <laughs> I got it." It's
1: just a little backwards. Easier thumb. to hitchhike no this way. I'm gonna do push ups later. I can't wait. Yeah, it's
0: fine. Sammy also noticed that her mom looked a hot mess. She had gained a lot of weight. a lot of, she had gained a significant amount of weight. She needed another Clairol die job. <laughs> and she didn't show him. Yeah, she even had lost some teeth. Oh at this point. For a woman who prided herself All those on her Henry looks, bars. Yeah, she's a wreck. That sugar will eat It'll you get alive. Ya. It'll get you. They get through the Olive Garden meal with Shelly telling Sammy all about how Ron went to Tacoma and he was doing fine. And in the meantime, Tori's like, what the fuck? Ron is at Max. Why don't you just tell Sammy that Ron's at Max? Why are we telling people he's in Tacoma? Uh-huh. Tori knew that he was too weak to go anywhere and he needed a doctor, so he certainly isn't in Tacoma. Right,
1: living his best life. Yeah.
0: On the way to Sammy, she tells Tori that she's got a big surprise. For her. They're going to try sushi for the first time for dinner. And the next day, they're going to see Nikki. Now, Tori was so scared that her mom would find out that they had saw Nikki. Because remember, Nikki is undesirable number one. Yeah, yep. And also, she's kind of scared. Like, I don't know if I want to see Nikki. She abandoned me, and she's beat my mother, her whole... Shelly has brainwashed her to Mm -hmm. think that Nikki is horrible. Yes, yes. So she is feeling very uneasy. She was also uneasy about the sushi, too. So, (laughs) But anyway, the three of them met and ate at Duke's Seafood and Chowder House on Seattle's Lake Union the next day. And to Tori, Nikki was the most beautiful and confident woman Tori had ever seen. At 28, she was happy and doing well for herself. Tori could see immediately, all these years, the things her mother had said about Nikki was a lie. Meanwhile, back in Raymond, it's July twenty second, two 2003, and Dave gets a call home from his wife, instructing him that he needed to come home now. Oh boy. Didn't matter that he was supposed to work the next day. He needed to come home now. It's not good. He's five hours away, remember? Dave's like, I'm sorry, but it's a Sunday. He knew what it meant. He recalled that that Sunday that he was home and saw Ron recovering from what Shelley said was a fall from a tree. His finger looked broken, his feet were bandaged, he had burns on his head and chest from an accident Shelley said was from burning brush in the yard. Oh my god. And many bruises from his own klutziness. She had an explanation I can't imagine for everything. what he looked like. He is seriously the most klutzy person. If he breaks his finger, yeah. burns himself, falls out of a tree, all in the same day? Yeah, just that's a we'll bad. Run. That's a bad day, Ron. So he's still alive. No, this is bef- the Sunday before. Oh, okay. The this and is she's July she's, this is the Sunday before she sent Tori away. Gotcha. Okay. This is her calling Dave and saying, "Come home now. Come home now. It's bad." Dave wouldn't come home. So then, wow! He actually he couldn't come home. He had to, yeah, he had to work. They have to pay the bills. No. So he he's like, I will be home on Friday. That Monday is when Tori woke up and Ron is gone. Okay, and she's like, he's at Max. And then that Friday when Dave comes home, now she's being shipped off to sh- to I see. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. got it. Same old routine it, every time. I do
0: want to know. I'll throw Dave a bone here. He did try to pay Ron to get out. He tried to give him two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh wow! But Ron would not leave she- Shelley's side.
1: It's so crazy because Ron had a couple chances. Like, even when
0: they are so, so did Kathy, Mm -hmm. but they're so loyal to Shelly because they have been so manipulated. Oh, yeah. And they have been so brainwashed. He knew that the phone call meant what the phone call meant and why she needed him home. Ron was dead. Shelly claimed to have found him dead on the back porch. There was a heat wave, and he insisted on sitting and sleeping out there so the fresh air would circulate over his wounds. She tried to revive him. But once she realized he was dead, she accepted it. And she drug him to the pole barn and shut the door. She dressed him in clean sweatpants and clothing that had not been al- he had not been allowed to wear oh, when he was alive. now he gets clothing. Hmm? And she put him in a couple of sleeping bags. She moved all the camping gear off the freezer, put him in the freezer, and moved it all back so that Tori would not be suspicious. Then made the call to Dave, but he could not come home until Friday. So she lived for a week. With the with Ron in chilling her freezer. in the freezer, mm-hmm. literally, and, literally, and Tori in the house. This is why she sent Tori to be with Sammy for the weekend, because when Dave came home, he needed to get rid of the body. Here's Dave getting rid of another body yep. for his crazy ass wife. Yep. What Dave does is he gets a couple of black contractor bags from his job site. He said he never looked at the remains. He kept him in the sleeping bag, and it took all of his strength to get him into the contractor bags within the sleeping bag. He was amazed at Shelly's strength, which is how she hurt her thumb. Coming
1: from Grandma Anna.
0: Yeah, for sure. sure. probably. Next to the freezer, Shelly had stacked all of his personal belongings, which had been taken away from him over the course of the time that he was with them. They could not burn run like Kathy because there was a burn ban in the Pacific Northwest at the time. Oh, wow. Because it is July. Uh-huh. He has to carry him into the woods and used a shovel to make a shallow grave, covered the grave with ashes from the fire pit, and put branches on top. He had used a blue tarp to help navigate the body, and he decided to take that tarp to Max's house and store it there. He would have to wait for the burn band to be lifted before he would come up with a more permanent solution. Shelley acted like nothing had happened at all when he returned to the house. Back in Seattle, Sammy and Tori were settling in for the night and Tori admitted that she was scared to keep the secret of Nikki from her mom, that their mom had a way of getting information mm-hmm. out of people. Because she did. Mm-hmm. Sammy was like, I've kept all of my conversations from Nikki away from mom all these years. You can too. Sammy decided to tell Tori a story. Here's something that mom did when I was a kid. She used to wake me up in the middle of the night and dump all my dresser drawers out and make me put all my clothes back together just to make sure all my clothes matched. Tori admitted that she did this to her too. Wow. Sammy meets Tori's gaze and she knows. Sammy realizes that all these years she had asked Tori every time that they talked on the phone if she was okay. And Tori replied yes. But she had never asked her specifics of things and if they were happening to her. So Sammy says, does she let you sleep? Tori says no. Does she make you do things naked? Tori says yeah. Does she lock you up out all night? Tori says yeah. Yeah. Out on the front porch, right? Right. Sammy crying says, why didn't you tell me, Tori? She says, I don't know. I thought it was just me, I guess. I didn't know mom did any of that before. I thought you and Nikki had a happy childhood. Oh. Yeah. Then Sammy says, did she do anything to Ron? And this is where Tori really started to cry and lost it. Yes, all of it and some other stuff, too. Now Tori wants to know how Sammy knew all of this. Like, how did you know she did all this stuff to Ron? And that's when Sammy lets Tori know about Kathy. Mom killed Kathy and they burned her in the yard. So you know what is like the most like fucked up to me is that these girls are far apart in age. But they literally had the same childhood uh-huh. right down to having a non-relative adult live with them that was abused and murdered yes. via neglect and abuse in the home.
1: Yes. It that's is so literally crazy. a pattern
0: of behavior. So Sammy asks about Ron and Tori confesses that she thinks she's d- that he's dead. Sammy calls Nikki right away. It's late at night, so at this point, Nikki's like, "Shit, this isn't good. Uh Nobody calls for anything good at late at night unless it's their crazy mom." Then she just calls to ask people how much they make. (laughs) So Sammy, yeah, Sammy relays everything to Tori. The girls discuss the possibility of what would happen, but the problem is they've already tried to tell the police and no one did anything. They didn't want to somehow make things worse for Tori, who's only 14 and has four more years at least in that house. Yeah. They're they are literally stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. They all discuss the possibility that their parents had done something to Shane to Shane. And Sammy's in denial. He's like they he was our brother. They wouldn't do that. He was like a brother to us, you know, they wouldn't do that. Sammy even asked Tori, Do you think you can wait it out? It's only four more years. Now Tori is like wait, I just learned that she killed a woman and burned her. Now I think she's done it to Ron. She's possibly killed Shane. Like, no, I want her brought to justice. I don't think I can do this. But they all decide that at this time, they need a little bit more time. So Sammy takes Tori back to the Olive Garden parking lot to meet their mom. And Sammy says, if she tells you that Ron is gone, then that means he's dead. Tori's crying. When they arrive to meet her, to meet Shelly at the Olive Garden, Shelly's pretty suspicious because the girls had both been crying. So they were like, it's just really hard to say goodbye. You know, we haven't seen each other in a while and it's hard. On the way back home, Shelly informs Tori that Ron got a job. She knew that's a lie because she knows that he's in no state to work. Yeah, he's like on the brink of death. Yep. And so she knew immediately that, you know, he's he's dead. dead. Immediately when getting home, her mom turned cross and cold and mean, shouting at her to feed the dogs, goes back to her normal behaviors. Mm -hmm. Tori was scared. She knew that if, she's, if she kept living like this, she would continue to be abused and not be able to see Nikki again, and she couldn't live with that. I mean, she has now realized Nikki's not the person her mom had brainwashed yeah. her to be. That night, her mom was scrutinizing her every move, asking her if she was okay. Tori insisted that she was fine and that she was maybe getting sick because she had a runny nose and she just didn't feel very good. So her mom gives her pills. Oh, no. She only took one, even though her mom gave her two. And She started to feel weird. So she calls Sammy right away. and She's like, mom gave me these pills, wants me to take them. Sammy's like, you need to throw them up right now. You need to make yourself throw them up. She hung up with her and then was starting to feel really weird and woozy. But she knew if she made herself throw up, it would cause more attention yeah, to be on her. Yeah. So she looked for Ron. She decided that she was just, she's still feeling woozy whatnot, but she, I don't know if she made herself throw up or not, but she decides I've got to, I can't, I can't stand this. I've got to go look for Ron. She's getting a little panicked. She calls Sammy back. She's like, Ron is dead. I know it. Get me out of here. She did find Ron's stuff stacked up by the freezer. Oh, she did. She did. Okay. And so she is like, oh Holy my God. shit. Yeah. He's actually dead. And Sammy's like, are you positive that you can't do this a couple more years? Tori's like, mom is a killer. She might kill me too. Get me out of here. Tori found Ron's underwear in the barn piled on top of his other personal effects, like his books on Egyptology. There was also the bloody wraps from his feet. Uh, That's how she knew. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tori tried to take in as much as she could. She hid the bloody items and hid them in the chicken coop. On August 6th, 2003, Nikki and Sammy drove back to Raymond down to Pacific County Sheriff's Department. And told them what they knew to be true. Now this time, Sammy is with them. She's, Remember, they yeah. were trying to get a hold of Sammy. He <laughs> Nikki looks right at Bergstrom and says, "If Ron is dead, you could have stopped it because this was Absolutely. two years, two years ago. They told they had told him what happened. They told them every appalling detail, and then they went back to Nikki's car and drove back to Seattle." They tried to call Laura, but ended up emailing her because they couldn't get a hold of her, and let her know CPS is going to take Tori tomorrow morning. You need to call us. Tori snuck phone calls to Nikki, asking where the police were, and Nikki is assuring her, "You just need to hang on. We called them. We talked to them. They're going to get Tori. you out of there. Yep. And you know, the next day they were they were saying the next day it was like waiting for a bomb to go off. And, and actually, Shelly calls Sammy, and of course, Sammy's like, "This is it. She know. You know, she knows the police were there." And instead, she's like, good news, your dad's going to take you surfing for your birthday. Oh, my Because, gosh. by the way, Dickless Dave liked to surf. Oh,
1: so he has hobbies, too, He huh? does.
0: Yep. He's allowed to he... enjoy his life from time to time. Wow. Catch a wave or two. There was no mention of the police. So, there, so Sammy, at this point, is like, where the hell are the police? Right. But you, right. and, you and I both know. Situations like this, you have to drop a petition for a removal. It has to go to a judge. The judge has to hear it. When you have an emergency removal, then you've got to coordinate with the police to go to the home. So... Sometimes that can take 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Tori waited all night and the next day for her parents to be arrested. Can you imagine Tori like <laughs> waiting? No, like, oh my still, God! Someone get me out of right. here! Right, and in knowing your parents are murderers and you're living yes, with them,
1: mm-hmm. not knowing if they're gonna suspect you know something and then, and then kill you, kill you too. Mm-hmm.
0: Tori even wrote a letter to the police, and it was on white and pink lined paper with a bumblebee flying across the top. Which I think oh, I had that notepad. I was gonna say that sounds familiar. I know. And it said, dear FBI, police, etc. please don't ruin all my things when you're investigating. Nothing of interest here anyways. Please leave all my personal belongings alone. Please find the animal's good homes. Uh (laughs) Oh. Yes. So the next morning, this is actually day two now. Uh Uh-huh. The sheriff arrives and Tori stood by the front door trying not to look relieved. Shelly immediately, what did you do? Did you say anything? And Tori's like, no, mom, no. They inform Shelly that CPS is here and taking Tori on suspected child abuse. Shelley immediately goes into an outraged victim mode. Oh, here we go. She's on overdrive. But Tori can see that she is also sheet white and scared too. Bergstrom escorts Tori up to her room so that she can grab some of her items. And Tori decides to take that time to let the officer know, you need to get a search warrant and come back here. And she tells him exactly where she hid the bloody items in the chicken coop. Good for her. Yep. And and all of his other personal She's probably like,
1: I am not coming back here.
0: During the interview, when it came to things that happened to her, Tori did minimize because in her mind, there was fear that she would get sent back. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. But she told as much as she could about Ron. She was too young to give him any detail about Kathy. But they had those details from Nikki and Sammy at this point. I'm not
1: going to lie, but I wouldn't have much faith in the system at this point. right, right.
0: With how long this has taken. She later says that she told the sheriff about 10% of the bad stuff. Which, we are actually taught that in at least my state's CPS training. That That's what you'll get is about 10%. You're going to get about 10% of the truth if you've got a child that is willing to talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shelly calls Sammy. They took Tori on child abuse. Do you know what's going on? I've never laid a hand on her. I don't even ground that girl. And every time that I did, I took it back. Those are the things that Shelly is saying oh, to Sammy. okay,
1: Shelly. Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, Sammy, always being in the middle, was like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. And Shelly's like, they ripped her from my arms for no reason. Shelly began phone calls and ass-covering as much as she could, but it didn't matter. The police knew better; it wouldn't tell Dave or Shelly anything. Dave acted like he didn't have a clue as to why CPS would have taken Tori. Of course. But when the police cruiser comes back to comb the property, Dave starts drinking, took a couple pills, starts sleeping in his truck. He knows they're combing the property. They're gonna find oh, Ron. Yeah. The next day, Dave took a bag of belongings down to the county to give Tori, and Shelley had written a letter and hid it among among the items, mm. uh, which a very common thing that they that parents am Not do. even surprised. Yep. Yeah, but it said, "What's going on? Did you say anything?" Investigators interviewed everyone: Tori, Sammy, Nikki, Laura, even Kay Thomas, which was Kathy's mother. All kinds of people around town. They're doing all these interviews. Yet no arrests were made. At this time. As Dave took the items to the police station, they asked him for an interview. He agreed. He started by telling them that his wife did not abuse their daughter. Like he's, He agreed to an interview because he's, like, thinking it's about CPS, uh-huh. you know, and about the abuse on Tori. That's not what they want to talk about. They asked questions about Kathy and Ron. Dave stayed firm that he had done nothing wrong. However, he could not maintain, and there were holes poked in his story Real fast. As we
1: often see with lies upon lies, they never stay consistent. they, They do
0: not. He starts crying, and he asks to use the bathroom. When he's in the bathroom... He confesses to the poor deputy who had nothing to do with How the case. How many bathroom confessions I know. have we seen now? I, know. I was just going to say that
1: <laughs> this like, was with another case too in the bathroom. Was. Like, yeah, I did it all.
0: Yes, and the and the poor deputy is just like, this is my like, first please, day on like, the job. Please get me out of here. Uh, yeah, I'm just here to watch you piss, man. Like, just hold on until yep. we get back, sir. And that's and that's exactly it. Is. Just crying, confessing in the bathroom. A really, like, common time. I know, where they're just like, I'm going to take this one last pee, make my decision. You know what? I can't take it anymore. I'm releasing bodily it all. fluids. I'm yep. going to release this confession, too. Exactly. He told them that Kathy was scattered in the ocean, how they burned her body, and where Ron was buried. Deputies go to Mac's house, and they arrest Shelly, because she is staying at Mac's house because they have a warrant and are combing her house. I
1: wish I knew where the cheering... there we go.
0: There it is. Shelly's arrested. Thank you,
1: sweet little infant newborn Jesus. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's
0: still playing the confused and misunderstanding victim.
1: Cry me yeah. a river, Shelly. Yep.
0: She's done nothing wrong. She was just helping these people. Of course. She was helping them. Dave did not point any fingers at Shelly. Ironically, I want I want us all to absorb the irony. On this day, it was Kathy's birthday. <gasps> I know. Oh, I know. Wow.
1: Kathy's that's birthday. really, that's aw- like kind of awesome, kind of sad, kind of awesome. It's
0: like, did she have a hand in that? Like, yeah. I think she did. Happy heavenly birthday, Kathy. Yes. It is. So the day after her parents' arrest, Sammy tried to go out to a nice dinner for her birthday. Because remember when Shelly was like, hey, your dad's going to take you surfing for your birthday. Yeah. It is around her birthday. She tried to go out with her boyfriend, Kelly, but they ended up leaving because the news on the, on the TV was all about the Raymond couple charged with poisoning two people. That's what their charges oh. were at first. On the way home, Laura called and let Sammy know Shane is dead. Dave confessed to killing him. Sammy was shattered. A part of her wanted to believe that he had really gotten away and that was, he was happy somewhere. I'm sure. Dave was at the property with the deputies when he simply sh- said, Shane is in the ocean. Later, he told them that he walked into one of the outbuildings and found Shane playing with his gun, which is something that he had been told not to do. Shane would not hand it over, and a fight ensued, where the gun was discharged on accident and Shane was dead. That's his story that he told the police. He took Shelly out of it, saying that she would not even go and look at him. She was devastated. So he's still protecting her? Yes. Oh my God. He got rid of him like he had Kathy. However, Nikki knows better. She recalled to the police that she might be the cause for why they murdered Shane. Remember when Shelley came to Dave with the bloody underwear? Yes. And then Shane was badly beaten for it, even though Dave did not believe for a minute that he had done anything to Tori. And Shane was like, Nikki, I'm leaving. Will you come with me? Well, the part that I left out until right now is that he let Nikki know, I have pictures of Kathy. I have them hidden in a stuffed teddy bear. And I'm going to take them to the police and show the police like how bad of a state that she's in and what they're doing to her. Oh, wow. Yes. And he was like, will you come with me? Nikki was not ready to, in her mind, she's got two younger sisters, mm-hmm. destroy her family. So she told Shelly, Shane has pictures.
1: Oh, no. Thinking
0: that Shelly would just get rid of the pictures. Not thinking that Shelly would get rid of Shane. Oh, my because he was like their brother. And so far... They hadn't hurt, you know, hadn't murdered any of their own children. It was an outsider, yeah. essentially. Well, the
1: whole family dynamic so warped. I, I mean, I can't fault Nikki for anything, exactly. but no, right, you know, and
0: it's not her fault. It's, it is, no, it is not, it's her, not fault. her fault.
1: But I can see the reasoning of like, well, they wouldn't hurt their children, right? Right, you know. exactly.
0: She didn't want her family torn apart and her little sisters separated. You know, and she was afraid of being put in separate foster cares, things like that. And most of all, she didn't want to go to jail because, remember, Shelly had convinced them that if anybody tells, all of us are going we to jail. Are all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all responsible. Mm-hmm. And she's an adult now. She's 19, you know, in the eyes of law. I could see being mm-hmm. afraid of that because she's put it in their
1: heads that we all had something to do with this. You guys, you know, did it too. And yep. I would
0: be scared. Also, Nikki did hear the three of them fighting and accusing Shane that he was going to tell and Shane denying it and saying, no, he's not. Shelley was obsessive with Dave, like I said, about what they were going to do with Shane. Um, and it really beat him down. It beat Dave down. She kept saying things like we could make it look like an accident, like a fall from a tree. But for a long time, nothing happened because Dave wasn't willing to do to make anything happen. And Shelley never got her hands directly dirty. Remember? Yeah. So that's when they spent the summer under the neighbor's house. In February, six months after Kathy's death, Nikki was woken up by a noise. But then there was silence, and she thought maybe the noise had been in her dream. What had really happened, and we know this now from the interview that was done with Dave. What had had happened was that Dave had retrieved his twenty two from his truck, went into the pole barn to find Shane. He was sleeping. He put the twenty two to the back of Shane's head and pulled the trigger.
1: Aww.
0: He goes inside and tells Shelley, I killed Shane. He goes inside and says, I killed Shane. Shelley's like, you did what? Our nephew? Why? What are we going to do now? Of course she did. The same thing that happened with Kathy, like totally surprised. You beat him down to, being, to doing it and then act shocked when it happens. So once composed, Dave returned to the pole do- barn, put Shane's body in a sleeping bed and hid it in a, a, a workbench. He used bleach and water to clean up the blood. The next morning was the birdhouse note in the ordeal. And the day later, she took them to a hotel. And that's when he burned. Dave burned Shane's body, but without the metal and tires and accelerant, he just continued to put wood on top of his body until he was reduced to ash and bones. Oh my gosh! He then collected the remains in black bags. At some point, he took them to the ocean, like Kathy. I do think that it was Shane that sh- Sammy found under underneath the, bed. the bed. Yeah, I would. And then just eventually, that makes sense mm-hmm. now. When the girls returned home from their trip, the fire was out, and Dave bulldozed the fire pit down the hill into some blackberry bushes. Dave drove a long way at Shelly's demand to bury the gun that he had used to kill Shane. Then two weeks later, went back on Shelly's demand and got it and then burned it in their fireplace. Not all of it burned, so what didn't burn, he gave to Shelly, and she put it in the back of a cupboard, and Dave never saw it again. I don't know if that was found by the police Mm -hmm. on the search. They never found the teddy bear with the photo. And during the investigation, other photos from undeveloped film existed that they didn't know about, like Kathy crawling on her hands and knees because she was too weak to walk. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
1: So did Shane take those? Yes.
0: Okay. And someone did. Know. You know, I shouldn't even say that. I, I'm sure because he had he was planning on yeah, doing me. this, but someone did. Sammy, Tori, and Nikki never did an interview with the media as a pack that they had made. It only took Sammy, who was 25 at this point, to get um, two weeks to get guardianship of Tori. They did watch as their life unfolded in the media. Uh, that and, would have been so hard. Yep. They were dubbed the Raymond torture killers, and they were in, thrown in. Dave and Shelly were in jail on a multi million dollar bond. From jail, Shelly wrote immediately to Sammy asking for things, actually demanded them, like her comfortable slippers and her comfortable robe, oh. her comfy undies, all those things. Sammy initially did comply. Remember, she was the one. And in the she was the one
1: that had the relationship yep. with.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. February t- two thousand and four, six months after being arrested, Dave pled down the first degree murder charge of Shane Watson to second degree murder, and pled guilty to unlawful disposal of human remains and rendering criminal assistance. Dave made it clear that he would not assist in the prosecution of his wife. In other words, he would not testify against her. What he was willing to do though was confirm anything his daughters had said and back them up, which okay. he did. Okay. So once again, look at him it's being like I'll in do the it middle. For the kids, I'm not gonna testify against my he wife. He probably
1: was terrified that in some way, yeah. even incarcerated, she would find him. Mm-hmm. And kill him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or have somebody kill him in prison.
1: Without or a doubt.
0: When she gets out, whatever.
1: She'd get but, a letter to that mm-hmm. prison saying he did something to get him, like, in the,
0: Or he's you just know. in a really twisted emotional relationship with her.
1: Or that. Like
0: <laughs> He wouldn't testify against her. But these people are her. so
1: afraid of her. I could see them being
0: like, it's, even in prison, she'll find me. It's an interesting spot because he wouldn't testify against her, but he also wouldn't call his daughters liars. Somewhere that's admirable. In, in some way, he cared for them, I guess, ish. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely the lesser of two evils. He's Satan's bitch boy, is what he is. So he was sentenced to a little under 15 years in prison. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I sure can. He was sentenced to a little under 15 years in prison for second-degree murder, unlawful disposal of human remains, and rendering criminal assistance. The second-degree murder was that he was pled down from first-degree murder, although, let it be known, he absolutely murdered Shane. Oh, but it was under God. the instruction of Shelley. The prosecutors wanted first-degree murder charges to stick for Shelly. They knew what she was, but the problem is this. There was no remains of Kathy. Nothing was under the bed anymore. Any autopsy on Ron's body could not prove that, you know, how he'd been injured and by whom. The supporters for Kathy and Ron feel that the case was too big and too involved for a small town like Raymond. I I could
1: see that for sure. They probably were not prepared for the horrific actions of this woman. I'm
0: sure that they weren't. The girls just know that their mom is cunning. They know of the boiling water, the bleach, the weeks in the pump house, the no food, the no clothes. They know that everything she was saying was a lie. Ten months after her arrest, Shelley entered an Albert plea, which, if you don't know, is kind of weird because you are maintaining your innocence while pleading guilty at the same time. So that and this, that makes it so the sentence is not nearly as harsh. This saved. Pacific County from a lengthy trial that would likely raise concern for their lack of follow through, their lack of picking up on the warning signs, and the fact that Ron would still be alive had they done their job I'm from sorry. the beginning. This is unacceptable. So they let her do an Albert plea. So she's like, nope, I'm innocent, but I'll take I'm a not guilty denying, charge. denying,
1: but I'm not going to
0: say I did it. So I can get a break. They worked out... Her Albert plea worked out an agreement of 17 years in prison. Mm, that hurt me physically. I, I know. We're, we're now at almost five hours of content for this case, and I have to say 17 years in prison. Hold on. Two months later at sentencing, she was able to speak. And she said, and I quote, this is from the book, If You Tell by Greg Olson, in this jail and in this courtroom and in this community and everywhere else, I am known as some kind of horrible monster. Yep, you're right, you are. You got that right. I'm not.
1: I knew it was going to be the, I, she will never take responsibility <sighs> nope. for what she's done.
0: I've made horrible mistakes, though. Kathy was my friend. She had value, and she had purpose, and would have been there for me. I wasn't there for her a lot, and I was not there when Kathy died. Not for her. Shelly still claimed that it was Shane and Nikki who were responsible for the abuse of Kathy. (laughs) She goes on to say, I believe I am not guilty of murder, of deliberately causing her death, but a mother is most responsible for her home environment. She was mistreated in my home, and now she's gone. I'll never get over it, and I don't deserve to. End quote. The prosecutor pointed out in closing arguments how convoluted the entire case had been and that we might never know the actual truth. We won't. And she will never admit to what no, she's done or Because the Alfred plea does not require her to tell the truth. Should never be fucking allowed.
1: You know in this case. The part that makes me so scared too is that a woman of this capacity is going to be out soon. Mm-hmm. And oh, I believe that she believes herself. She, like, she believes it. She absolutely
0: it. does. She believes her and lies. that's the, this, the scary This part. is her reality. Yeah. Shelly was shocked when she realized that her words, her statement to the court, had no bearing on the sentencing judge and that he, in fact, added more years than what they had tentatively agreed upon with her Alford plea. As her mouth hung open, she learned that she would serve Twenty two years for second degree murder of Kathy and manslaughter of Ron. Because Dave got the second degree murder charge for Shane. Uh-huh. No neither one of them of course Dave didn't have really didn't have anything to do with Mac, but there was no prosecution for Mac because Poor Mac. You know, they never could they never no, prove no. what happened. Right. Dave Kotek was released from prison in two thousand and sixteen. He lives on the Washington coast and has a lot of health problems but works long hard hours at a seafood processing plant. He is thin and has a difficult time on his feet all day. Boo wow. fucking who. So Dave. he smells like fish all day. He smells like fish all day. Bad dead mm-hmm. rotting fish, not the seafood kind that you get at Red Lobster, right?
1: Like the dirty mm-hmm. the fish guts. The yeah, like the yucky stuff.
0: He smells like ugly tuna. <laughs> Ugly tuna indeed. Oh my god. Now Sammy and Tori do still have a relationship with him, but Nikki refuses. And it just said they they have a relationship. I don't know that they have dinner with him every Sunday, right. but there's some there's contact. that, but Nikki doesn't and it's Tori's dad too. I for mean, sure. so there yep, is that. I get it. Shelly, this is this is the crescendo, guys. This is what we've all been waiting for of why I wanted this story told. Shelly will be released from prison in twenty twenty two. She will be 68. She continues to maintain her conviction was a mistake. She's innocent, and she didn't fully understand what the Albert plea was. This is why we did a very long-ass episode. Two very long-ass episodes. People need to know what she did. The world needs to know that next year, this bitch gonna hit the streets with some hair dye and an O. Henry. Can we... <laughs> She should be banned from O. Henry's for life. <laughs> now, let it go straight to her ass. Can't I don't she care. be
1: reevaluated to show that she has not changed and she is still a danger?
0: She served her time. Oh my. Served her debt to society. This case was not heavily covered. If You Tell by Greg Olson was written by interviews with the three girls, relatives of the victims, and Dave himself, only because the girls wanted him to. Mm-hmm. He did not want to be a part of this book. They want the story out there so that the world knows. She will continue to do this if people don't know what she is capable of. So we hope that we are in some way aiding these three beautiful girls in telling their story. Yeah. In warning, basically warning the public of not to trust. This needs to be shared everywhere mm-hmm. because
1: mm-hmm. she will find someone vulnerable and mm-hmm. she will do the same thing. 68
0: is not old at all, Dorothea Puente. Dorothea, check out episode number three, Crime Curious. Yes, yeah, abso- absolutely, it happens. You just have strapping young men build you coffins. <laughs> yes, there's ways. Oh so, my gosh, it's I, I'm, I'm terrified that she's going to be out. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified. Well, she she is, she is. Whether we're all picketing there and or not, she served her debt yes. to society in the eyes of the law. Where are they now? Nikki lives in Seattle in a million dollar home that she shares with her husband and beautiful children. She and her husband have a successful business that they work hard and ethically at. She has no contact with her mother or with Dave. She's in her mid-40s and has not let her childhood define who she is. I am so happy to hear that. me too. Way to go, Nikki. Sammy is in her early 40s and moved back to Raymond in 2018, so not very long ago, for the first time since the case broke. So since you know 2003 Uh uh-huh and she is a successful elementary school teacher she has kids and she does still have a relationship with her father
1: wow she's doing well she's doing good Mm -hmm. that's that's amazing
0: tori is in her 30s she lives in central oregon she works on the social media accounts of a major player in the hospitality industry and has done well for herself also she still has a relationship with her father dave All of the sisters are still very close with one another and see each other several times a year. I just,
1: this is inspirational to me that they all are just, like, killing it in life. Thriving and love each other. For what they went through, I
0: cannot Mm -mm. believe that they have the success that they do, but it makes me so happy to hear that. Me too, and have children of their own. And today we're actually recording this on Mother's Day, and I hope that they had an amazing celebration with their families and didn't think once about their piece of shit, Mom. Yeah, because absolutely. she doesn't deserve a single thought in their mind. So that that is it, you guys. That is the case of Shelly Kotek and her victims, Kathy Loreno, Ron Woodworth, and Shane Watson.
1: I, I've heard, I, I got nothing. I've never heard anything like
0: this case before. No, it's mind-blowing. I, I think this has got to be one of our craziest, I know it's, the craziest, I think, that we've covered thus far, for sure. It's just so convoluted, just like the courts. It's convoluted. The psychological so damage, mm-hmm. the manipulation, the lies. The oh my god, there's so much. The the everything. I gave you everything in this one. Yeah, you did. Who's ready? Raise your hand if you're ready for some brain bath funnies. Oh gosh, yes. I <laughs> I need a deep cleansing. Since it's Mother's Day, and we were just talking about the most America's most evil mother. Uh huh. I thought I could find some. That maybe had a little bit to do with moms. Okay. Seems appropriate. I'm gonna, so I'm going to ease into this here. This was, well, a breakup story. We did this. If you don't know, if you're part of our Patreons, you do know. But we did an entire brain bath episode once and it released was it.
1: glorious. Yes.
0: We released it to our Patreons and I did a whole segment on funny breakup stories. And these are not regurgitated from that episode. I found more. <laughs> <laughs> Love me a good breakup story. Yeah. So here it is. This woman wrote in. My boyfriend was a serious mama's boy who insisted on having dinner with his mom at least twice a week. During one of those dinners, his mom looked at me, took my hand, and said, We have to talk. I really got nervous and tried to catch my boyfriend's eye, but he was just intently staring at his lip. <laughs> Sorry, his lap. Oh, I was, <laughs> was going to say, not, that takes some skill. <laughs> yeah, a <some> big lips. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> <I don't- laughs> nope, he's going to go ahead and just stare right at his lap. She gently told me that things weren't working out between me and my boyfriend. Oh, my God. And that she thought it was best for me to leave. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. I tried to convince my boyfriend to talk privately in the other room, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't respond. I couldn't believe it. My pansy-ass boyfriend made his mom break up with me. Wow. This was written by Allie. She's 30 years old. Mom on, had made um, the decision. Crime. Uh, no, com. I think is where, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. Can you like your mom, Like okay, honey, they they did you a favor.
1: Oh yeah, you bullet don't dodged. To, you
0: do not want to marry that man and she his will, mom. She will be in bed with you when you conceive. She would. Your first baby, and facilitating she'll facilitating like, the situation. Right, you're not doing it right. You got to a little to the left. Yep, you know that position actually is more for creating boys, and I want a granddaughter. Oh my god, you're so right. You've yeah, got to get on bottom.
1: She, not should, on top. she should thank her lucky stars mm-hmm. that she is not in that relationship. with sure. you?
0: Could you imagine? Because that's exactly how that would. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Lay there with your legs up for fifteen minutes. Yeah. So. So this. So the conception can take, can take place. Can take. <laughs> yep. And then she's like, "Honey, honey do you need to say I was just, oh my god, we're the same person. That's exactly <laughs> you what Yes. <laughs> honey, I, you must be exhausted. Such a big,
1: strong man. Yes gosh let mama, get you, let mama get you a snack you need a pb and j oh i'm Yum. i'm thankful for her that she got out of that relationship yes
0: me too me too
1: that was a good one thank yes. you for that
0: and i think i'll save the other two for later Cause, just because that was just that yeah, it. yeah that was a good that was good, that was a good keep way those to end other that. ones
1: in your pocket
0: that's right so all right well We hope that you enjoyed this as much as you could.
1: And And if anyone experienced the physical decline like I did. (laughs) Go recharge yourself. Early relationship, Dave. Right. right, right, Go treat yourself.
0: We all feel like we've been abused by Shelly at this point in time. So go recharge. We're going to go refill our wine glasses, maybe have some girl talk and just unwind from all of this. And Sunday we will bring you a brand new case, and we'll move on. Yes. From- Shelly's abuse stops here. It does. For me. It does I'm for, done with for her. all of us here. So that's America's Most Evil Mom, and we hope you guys keep it curious, as always. We hope you keep listening. Please follow us on social media. Comment and talk to us, because it boosts stuff for us. Um, I know that sounds like we're, like, panhandling for yeah. attention, but really, it's just more about um, we're, we're doing this to you know bring information to the people so the more listeners we get the better and it's all about the people we do have wonderful listeners so thank you guys so we do much. have the best of the best we do so talk to us we're here and until next time bye guys bye.